Are you a sick, perverted, power-hungry freak? No. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. I don't know what you guys are doing here or what's going wrong with this test, but look, the one thing I can state unequivocally, look, I'm a very well-respected businessman the world over. What I do in this business, I do it for each and every one of you all over the world. All right, perhaps that was an overstatement. I, I do it for most of you all over the world. Some of you. All right. I do what I do for me and me only. Yeah, you got one right. But let me tell you this. I am no pervert. Oh, you're not. Well, don't you spend most of your leisure time pleasuring yourself by looking at pictures of Tory Wilson's Playboy brother? What? <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, all right, but it was a long time ago. It was last month. It was earlier this morning, quite frankly. It was in the car in the limo on the way over. But, but that doesn't mean I'm a pervert because quite frankly, anyone could lust after Tory Wilson Anyone can have a fantasy about Tory Wilson. At least I don't fantasize about the May Youngs of the world. <laughs> now, damn it, this is ridiculous. I don't know what you're trying to prove, any of you. I hate you, Holland. Ruthless aggression. It's my life, my time, my rights, my rhymes, my crime, my struggle, hustle, sweat, and my blood, too. I'm ready to smell fear. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 24 of the Ruthless Aggression Era podcast. The only place where we decipher and dictate the era that rose out of the ashes of attitude and delivered us the biggest mystery since who ran over Austin. Who really is Mr. America? And today it's time for another round of the Raw and Smackdown tapings as we lead on to our next pay-per-view, which will be the first soul-branded show as Uncle Eric and the Alcoholic Redneck present Bad Blood. But without any further ado, because we have got a lot of stuff to get into, let's get on to the first episode of Monday Night Raw after Judgment Day. Is that Kevin Nash physically dominated the game at Judgment Day? Nash had two goals. 
one to beat the hell out of Triple H and the second to win the world title. He was successful on the, the first goal. Yeah, but you said yourself, JR, the most important thing in Triple H's life, the way to hurt him the most, is that world championship. Take that world championship away from Triple H and you would destroy him. And that, Kevin Nash was unable to do. Stop it right there. Shut the music down. Shut it down. Wait a minute. Shut the stupid music down. It's the world champion's entrance. I ain't got time to watch you spray that stupid ass water all over the crowd. You ain't gonna spit your water and you're not gonna strut around like some kind of hot shot. We got business to talk about, so you might as well spit the water on the floor, come in the ring. We got things we got to talk about. So we are live from Greenville, South Carolina. Your host, as always, JR and the King. Uh, Stone Cold, he starts the show by putting over last night's pay-per-view. He complains about Bischoff's company. Um, I, I love how Austin comes out every single week in knee braces because he's always ready to kick someone's ass. Um, the what chance to begin instantly, um, even though it takes a, the fans a second or two to kind of find the rhythm and all get in sync. Uh, Austin says, last night at Judgment Day, we get a sloppy what. He had a hell of a time. What? Drank a lot of beer, what? Ate a lot of food, what? And saw some damn good matches. Um, there's an amazing hangover 316 sign in, this, in the crowd. Absolutely love it. Fair play to that guy. Um, we get replays of the chunderhood around the world. And we get the fucking slow-mo again of seeing Eric Bischoff spew on that fan. Um, apparently Bischoff's hanging out of his ass tonight, so he's not going to be here. Um, Austin, he says that um, as the hardest working redneck in show business... Next month, Stone Cold Steve Austin presents Bad Blood. Uh, Austin then stares into the camera and says, Trust in me, I'll never let you down. Um, next item of business, Goldberg's door slamming assailant. He's going to investigate tonight. Whoever did it, they fight Goldberg tonight. But if I remember rightly, it took Austin like ages to find out who ran him over in the storyline from 99-2000. So it's, I'm sure... Austin's not the right person to investigate. It took, it took fucking ages. I think Foley investigated for ages, and that took him ages as well. Our next item of business, he calls out Triple H, but we have no water spitting tonight, says Austin. Austin is of the opinion that Triple H shouldn't be the champion, and thus he gets to wrestle again tonight. Um, Triple H thinks Austin's drunk with power. <laughs> Pot calling hell. Um, but he has uh, some stroke, and he refuses to wrestle. He says, Austin says he has compassion, so we'll let Triple H pick his own opponent as long as it's a former world champion, so he can pick from Kane, Shawn Michaels, Chris Jericho, or Kevin Nash. Well, that's flair. Or maybe, if we're, if we're nitpicking, Booker T, Goldberg, Vince. Yes, Vince is a former world champion. Flair is the lucky winner, and it's for the title. Hmm. You want me to pick my own opponent? Did I stutter? As long as he's a former world heavyweight champion. You know, Austin, you should... You know, Steve, what you should do is you... What's wrong? All right, okay, all right. You're on, you're on. I'll wrestle tonight, and I'll wrestle a former world heavyweight champion. Matter of fact, I'll wrestle the greatest former world heavyweight champion of all time. Uh -oh. I'll wrestle my good buddy, Ric Flair. 
Our only match of the night is the Dudley boys versus three minute warning. Uh, the Dudley's getting a win in the 3D in around six minutes. Uh, after the match though, Rico is so upset and he's done with three minute warning and he leaves them lying. I'm leaving you. Uh, which for me works kind of well on two fronts. Uh, firstly, pairing him with three minute warning for me never made any sense. Especially uh, with his last team being Billy and Chuck. And second, uh, we've seen on numerous heat and dark matches that Rico can go. So let's let's see Rico go now. Maybe thrust him into the cruiserweight division. Um, yeah, it works on both fronts. And with three minute warning, let's I don't know, just do something with them. Something. Uh, JR and the King, they uh, flogged the sponsors for a couple of minutes. And then we cut backstage and Bischoff is here, but he's hanging out of his arse. Eric. What? Eric. What? Get up. Steve, I'm dying here. Just... You can't die. It's Monday Night Raw. We got a show to run 50-50, you and me. I, I can't. I just need some time. Well, we ain't got time. Oh, God. Steve, come on. You got You feel better now? No. I feel great. I'm glad you feel like a million bucks. Oh, good for you. I just need some time. Just give me a little time. What do you got time? Mm. Look, man, hamburgers, hot dogs, jalapeno peppers. I, I can't do this redneck daddy years, man. I just, I can't. I've been doing it for years. It's worked wonders for me. You know what? What? I got just a thing for you. You got hammered last night. Hair of the dog. That's what you need. A little bit of the ham with it. I, I don't need no night. hair. I don't need no dog. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think you do. I think you do. I'm usually right. When it comes to instances like this, I'm always right, so. Basically, I think this is what you need. Here you go. Here you go. Mmm. They're good. You all right, Eric? <laughs> uh, Austin he shakes Bischoff up and offers him a beer. <laughs> Bischoff sniffs it and chudder city again. They spew all over. Uh, Austin says you're a good kid. I like you. Not much, but I like you. Uh, Kevin Nash then confronts Austin on the way out and ensures him that he's still the number one contender and will face the winner of the title match. Meanwhile, Flair is grateful for, to Triple H for the chance. Triple H thinks he's missing the point of picking him. However, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Come on now, think about it. Uh, they plan like the finger poke of doom again. Up next, it's Chris Jericho on his highlight reel. And we have the Jerrytron 5000, which is a plasma TV for his very own video packages. Which is fucking mint. Uh, Jericho is upset with his best friend Christian and he calls him out. Someone's had a haircut. Uh, I quite like the new look, and it's very double J, but it gives him a nice, like, kind of edge. No pun intended. It's uh, starting. It was starting to look generic, as we've said, mentioned numerous times. He um, kind of never really escaped the tag team look. Uh, Jericho, he gets all up in Christian's face, uh, but then he says he would have done exactly the same thing and gives him a hug. Uh, Christian is all grown up. Uh, my heart beats for my peeps. Uh, they actually show replays of the moment from Judgment Day where Christian wins the title. Um, which for me I found quite interesting. The fact that they showed videos and not actually... Video clips, sorry. And they didn't actually show uh, still images. Which which kind of is always the norm when it's the day after the pay-per-view. You only see still images. Uh, Christian says Booker's a good kid. He's just not championship material. Look at fucking Triple C over here. Uh, RVD then interrupts and he wants a title match tonight. But that's a no-go. And Kane invades to set up a tag team match when we return from the break. For all my peeps and to all the fools, say it loud. Christian rules. Uh, towards the end of the match, Christian hits a low blow onto Kane. A lion salt from Jericho. And Christian makes the cover for a two count. A concerto situation set up drawing the DQ at around 10 minutes. 
But Booker storms in in his street clothes, makes the save, smashes Christian, and it's a spinner Rooney to end the segment. Who tried to knock over Goldberg? Vote on WWE.com right now. I can't wait to see these options a bit later. And then we come to Flair. He thinks about making a brew when Sean gives Flair a pep talk and tries to convince him not to play dead for Triple H. Uh, Flair, he kind of totally sells the emotion because he's still fucking awesome. Uh, thanks to Flair, they've now set up kind of as a potential for me, a double swerve. Um, where everyone's convinced that he's going to swerve Triple H and re maybe wrestling for real. Um, or is he going to just lay down? Um, it could be... For, it could be Triple H's chance to put himself over his idol once and for all, but... <laughs> Alright then. It's... Yeah, alright then. And then we get Rodney Mack and Teddy Long. Teddy says he don't see anything but white bigots in the audience. So they issue a challenge to any of the more established white boys in the back. And Spike Dudley answers. Why can't Kane just answer and fucking kill Rodney Mack? It, uh, blah. Uh, Rodney Mack, um, he's absolutely atrocious on the mic. And you can believe that. Let me holler at you, player. What you see out there, player? Look at all these people. Look at them. What do you see? Look at them. All I see is a bunch of white bigots. Believe that, player. Uh. So it's Rodney Mack versus Spike Dudley in the five-minute white boy challenge. Uh, Mack gets the win with the blackout, uh, which was like a million-dollar dream-esque maneuver. Um, but Spike, Spike being Spike with his little underdog characteristics that he has, um, he really got the crowd into it. And towards the end of the match, to be fair, I think because Spike was in it, and he did manage to lose at 4 minutes 59, so he held on to the last second. Um, the crowd were kind of, But the crowd always loved Spike. And I think, who does not like Spike? Spike's awesome. Um, we get the Castrol GTX Rewind of the Week, which was Trish smashing, <laughs> smashing the fuck out of her face at Judgment Day. Uh, which, again, was more video. Because we're getting highlights. Who needed to order Judgment Day? Watch Road After, we get all the highlights. Uh, meanwhile, Austin annoys Bischoff with a megaphone and starts smashing a bin lid and offers him some female entertainment to help the hangover. Of course, it's Muller and May, because that joke hasn't been beaten to the ground enough over the years. Bischoff tells him to get their saggy outer shape asses out of there, uh, and Muller and May try and grope the shit out of him. Uh, well, fair enough. Uh, meanwhile, Ric Flair styles and profiles in preparation for his match, so... I'm starting to say, he's Flair now starting, are we going to actually get to see a match? Is Flair not just going to lay down? And up next, it is two Bellens in shit shirts, Rene Dupree and Sylvain Grenier versus the mega roidy powers. Uh, the rematch the world was waiting to never fucking see again. Um, have I said how much I love the mashup of Test and Steiner's theme? It's probably the only thing that's cut out of this entire thing, feud that's going on between Steiner and Test. But why even bother even putting this on the pay-per-view? Uh, I, I used to have the exact same match after, an even shorter version the day after. Um, the French attack the start and the double team Test after dealing with Steiner outside. Uh, Dupree hammers away, but Test boots him and collides with Steiner again and gets pinned by Grenier in just over two minutes. Um, this is kind of all just a backdrop for the fighting over Stacey, as they pull her between them like fucking Popeye and Bluto, fighting over olive oil, uh, until she finally gets fed up and leaves without either of them. Fuck you two, you big roidy monsters. I'm going to go and get myself some Spike Dudley. I'm sick of the muscles. I'm going the other way. Meanwhile, Stone Cold Steve Austin, he's set up the interrogation room. And we get the results of the poll as to who ran over Big Bad Bill. According to the fans of WWE.com. Christian, 18%. Ric Flair, 1%. Triple H, 14%. Jericho, 10%. The Rock, 29%. Austin himself... 13%. Bischoff, 
4%. Teddy Long, 3%. Rodney Mack, 4%. And Lance Storm, 4%. So, out of 265,262 votes, it looks like people believe it's The Rock. Hmm. Meanwhile, we'll see that Lance Storm is cracking under the pressure from the third degree from Austin. And he claims that they drive on the other side of the road in Canada, unless he was thrown off. You little seedy bastard. You tell me something. Was that your rental car that struck Bill Goldberg's car? Was it? Was it your rent a car? Hmm. <laughs> oh man, Lance, I got ways of making you talk. Look at me. Look at me. Does it look like I'm joking? Huh? Was that you driving the gun? Was that you driving the car? This is the last time I am going to ask you, were you driving the car? Okay, but it was an accident. The accelerator stuck. I, it was out of control. I swerved. I tried to miss him. I'm from Canada. We're driving the other side of the road over there. I'm not used to that. The car was out of control, Steve. It wasn't my fault. I've been to Canada. You don't drive on the other side of the road. You trying to call me stupid? No, I wouldn't do that. It wasn't even my idea. So then whose idea was it? Hot shot? Whose idea was it? No, 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 Never mind whose idea it was. You get your carcass out of this chair. You go to that ring and you face Bill Goldberg and you think about what you did. We cut backstage to Ric Flair, who runs into Triple H, and he's absolutely full of piss and vinegar, and he's ready to kick Triple H's ass tonight. Woo! Our next match, it is Goldberg versus the man who ran him over, WCW, WCW. It's Goldberg versus Landstorm. It's Monday Night Nitro. Uh, Bill gets... It is Monday Night Nitro. Bill gets a power slam out of the gate, a pump handle to set up a spear and a jackhammer in just over a minute. It's WCW. That's how you book the Berg. We've spoke about this all the time. He doesn't need 15, 20-minute matches. The book the Berg that way. That's how they did it in WCW. Smashing through the mid-card. But to say Goldberg was booked, as this, as we've discussed, as he was booked as his big main eventer when he first came in, and now it's he's smashing through the mid-card. Um, Goldberg, he does his own interrogation. Um, not probably exactly according to police procedures. And Storm Fingers, Jericho is the mastermind. Uh, meanwhile, Jericho admits to being behind the tack and hypes his show for next week with Goldberg as a guest. <gasps> He's going to get his ass kicked. So it's time for our main event. It's the Raw World title. It's Triple H versus Ric Flair. The crowd is absolutely fucking crazy for Flair, as you'd expect. Uh, Triple H offers him one last chance to take the dive, but Flair is struts in response. Uh, Flair goes for the iron, starts chopping. Triple H elbows him down. He can't get a suplex, though, due to his little bad pooly ribs. And Flair tosses him as a result. Flair gets a vertical suplex for two, but walks into a spinebuster. Uh, the referee's bumped, as you'd probably expect. Uh, the, Triple H grabs his belt, but Flair goes for the eyes and then for the groin, before nailing him with a title and reviving the ref. Now, that's how you fucking cheat. Triple H goes for the pedigree, 
But Flair gets out of it. He goes for his own, but Triple H gets the real deal for the pin in around seven minutes. Um, which was a, it wasn't a bad match at all. But then the worst thing was once the crowd clicked on that Flair was just getting spunk over. Um, they went fully deflated. Um, Flair's in his home area. Uh, Nash, he does his sauntering because it's got to always be about Nash and Triple H and the feud that won't ever, ever end. Um, but yeah, I thought maybe for a few seconds, I don't know, it has happened before. Belts have turned on Raw. It would have been nice. Flair could have easily dropped it get dropped it back to Triple H before Bad Blood because um, obviously they're going to go with Nash and Triple H to be expected. But Nash, we, we hardly see him throughout the show and then he makes that little running at the end. It's... At least have a match, Nash. I don't know. Have a one-on-one -on -one match. Do a Goldberg and have a match with a WCW uh, mid-carder. I don't know. It was just a bit heavy. This this week's episode, first episode of Raw since Judgment Day. A bit heavy on the talking. Maybe not enough matches. Flair stole the show to an extent. Austin, brilliant throughout the show again. Quite enjoyable. Come on, Triple H. Downstairs goes a tip. And wait, he's trying to... Get it doing. Oh, he got him. He got him. Triple H ah. nailed the pedigree out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. Smackdown we go. So it is the 22nd of May 2003. We are taped from Greensboro, North Carolina. Your host is always a Taz and Cole. Uh, we get some video highlights from the Hogan Piper match at Judgment Day. More video highlights. And Vince is here right away and pissed off. He walks past some staff in the back and I spot Luther Reigns. Vince, he doesn't even come out to his own music. He says all his troubles can be traced back to Stephanie's signing of Mr. America. All his attempts at unmasking Hogan have failed, so tonight he's taking over. He guarantees a big smile on his face by the end of the night. Our opening match of the night is the SmackDown tag. This is how you open a show. It's Eddie Guerrero and Tajiri, your new champions against Team Angle. Uh, the finish comes as Eddie, he nails the ref with a chair to break up a pinfall attempt and then tosses it into Hassa's hands for the DQ. Absolutely quality cheating. Um, look at Mikey Mike Kyoto though. He absolutely no-sells a chair shot. He simply takes a chair to the chair to the back, no sells it, blows it off. Uh, go on, son, what a referee. Eddie Guerrero with a steel chair. Eddie Guerrero with a steel chair. The referee's tapping in the steel chair of the referee. Eddie Guerrero just clapped the hell. And he tossed the evidence to, to Charlie Haas. Busted. <laughs> they lied into this deal. Charlie Haas has the evidence in his hand. This is going to be an interesting decision. The winners of this match were Triple H disqualification and still tag team champions. Eddie and Tajiri still want they screwed Team Angle. And we cut backstage to Vince. He's talking about control with Stephanie McMahon. Uh, Steph says that Vince seems out of control with Mr. America. Fucking here, fucking here. Uh, Vince, tonight I'm in control, but before the night is over, I'll be out of control. It's, a lot of, it's all about control. Dad. You okay? 
Am I okay? Yes. Yeah, I'm okay. What? Listen, I appreciate that you're the boss and everything, and you're in charge tonight. That's right. fine. Uh -huh. But you seem so obsessed and so, so out of control with this whole Mr. America Hulk Hogan thing that I just want to make sure you know what you're doing. Oh, I know what I'm doing, I, and I am obsessed. I'm obsessed with mistakes. Yeah, and I'm not out of control, I'm in control. But before this night is over, I'll be out of control. What the? Um, tonight, one of the members of the FBI will get fed to Lesnar. So I'm praying for Nunzio. Praying for Nunzio. Feed him to Lesnar. And it's time for more Vince, but this time he's in the ring. And he recaps the thrilling saga that is Mr. America. Apparently, Piper is going to pay the price for his failure at the pay-per-view. Uh, Piper apologises, but Vince slaps him anyway. Uh, it looks like Piper and Vince are about to go at it, but all of a sudden, Sean, the fucking voice of reason, O'Hare steps between him. Surely, like, the devil's advocate would just let them fight? Holy shit, O'Hare gets on the mic. And fucking bumbles and mumbles his way through it. Um, O'Hare, he takes the blame for Judgment Day himself, so he wants Mr. America tonight. But Vince adds a little stip. If he doesn't win, Piper is fired. Nobody's gonna gain anything from doing this. Mr. McMahon, if anybody's to blame what happened at Judgment Day, it's me. I dropped the ball. I cost Hot Rod the match. But I know that you want revenge. Damn right I want revenge. And I know that you want revenge. Yes! And I know damn well I want revenge. So what I propose is that I face Mr. America right here tonight in this ring. Yes! Vincent, this man is 280 pounds of twisted steel, afraid of nothing. I am telling you, you put this man, Sean O'Hare, in the ring with Mr. America, a.k.a. Hogan. He will not only rip the mask off, he will expose Hogan for the fraud he really is. Come on, Vince! Come on, Vince! Mr. McMahon! The fraud. Well, uh, as a matter of fact, you've just given me an idea, Hot Rod. Yeah. But as far as the match is concerned, O'Hare versus Mr. America, you're on. All right. Wow! Yeah! We'll have it. No doubt about it. And you're proud of it. You betcha. You should be. But there's one thing, Hot Rod, you've got to know, and that is this. If Sean O'Hare does not defeat Mr. America in this ring tonight, read my lips, Roddy Piper. You're fired! Wow! Oh, Roddy Piper's career is... Up next is John Cena versus Spanky. Um, the FU finishes, basically, it was an extended squash for Cena, uh, but hopefully this will be the end now of the Spanky-Cena rivalry, because I want to see Spanky pump him in that mid-card. Spanky at Judgment Day, it, it, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. I want to see more of Spanky. Change the name. Spanky, change the name. 
We see highlights from the Judgment Day stretcher match, but we just get images. So maybe somebody's realised that we're showing people video clips. They're supposed to have bought the pay-per-view. But these video, uh, these images even, we have some funky-ass movie music. I can't even explain it. I'm going to play it. Following stretcher matches for the WWE Championship. This match will oh, be barbaric. It will be brutal. The champion has been overwhelmed by a giant here tonight. Well, this is what we're saying. This kind of matchup just picks apart your body, which picks apart your career. Big Show! Oh, my God! Big Show to the floor. Big Show may be out. Can Brock Lesnar take advantage here? Where is Brock going? There's no stretcher big enough for Brock Lesnar to put the Big Show on. The champion is walking out of this arena. Now the Big Show's getting to his feet. I don't think Big Show has a clue where he's at. Sound effects, man. He just must have been off his tits when he put this image package together. Uh, we cut to the FBI. They're all in matching red and white gear, uh, reading the WWE magazine. How much I miss the WWE magazine. Uh, Plumbo reckons he can knock Lesnar out with one punch, but Stan Bowley says he's going to knock that people's eyebrow off his freaking head. Now, Nunzio, he kind of straight away realises what he's done in his expression. is priceless. Now, for me, I swear that just wasn't scripted, and uh, Chucky was just really quick and everyone was quick about just reacting on it uh, but Chucky finishes the segment with the world, world's worst Italian accent forget about it and besides he's not sure what FBI member he's gonna meet oh Paisano you forget one punch I'll knock him out I got the best right hand in the business of course, huh? yeah, yeah, yeah. Of what about me I'm strong as a bull I'm gonna knock that people's eyebrow <laughs> right off his freaking head what see what I mean huh oh do not we're wrestling Brock, not Rock. Hey, I already told you ain't the sharpest tool in the shit. Brock, Rock, Schmack, forget about it. I'm gonna put a dent in his head. <laughs> oh, guys, guys. He'd never wrestled a guy like me before. I'll twirl him into a piece of linguine. <laughs> remember, you mess with one FBI member, you mess with the whole freaking crew. <laughs> forget about it. Up next is Matt Hardy versus Chris Benoit with Rey Mysterio on commentary. Uh, Benoit comes out in a toothless aggressing t-shirt, which is like 15 times too small. The Matt fact, he likes his steak medium well and has more teeth than Benoit. Uh, the finish of the match comes as Benoit goes for a flying headbutt, but draws the uh, MFers into the ring. But Ray Ray comes in to even the odds. Matt tries to twist fate, but Benoit counters it into a cross race at around eight minutes. Uh, which is a decent match, and it's kind of, for me, it's what I want to see from Matt Hardy. I think he should be fighting your Benoits of the world and not with the cruiserweights of, of the Rey Mysterios. But hopefully this does will... Does will? Hopefully this will lead to Rey Mysterio taking that belt off, off Matt Hardy and let's, let's get Matt Hardy away from that cruiserweight. Matt gets on the mic and offers Rey a title shot anytime he wants. 
as long as he can beat both MFers right now. Right now being after the adverts, obviously. So it is Shannon Moore and Crash Holly versus Rey Mysterio. Crash is getting some SmackDown TV time. Get fucking in. Uh, Ray gets rid of Shannon to start and sets up Crash for a 619, but he gets tripped up by Moore. Crash backdrops him to the floor and Moore introduces him to the post, which gives Crash a two. Uh, a double team powerbomb gets another two. A double suplex is countered by Ray into a double DDT. Uh, Ray heads up with a cannonball on Crash and a crossbody for another two. He drop kicks him into the corner, but he seems to have injured his groin, like, really badly. It looks really, really painful. Um, he quickly hits more of a 619 and a runner for the pin at three minutes. Uh, the match continues very briefly. Um, he, he hits another runner with assist from the ropes to, on Crash in around three minutes 40. Uh, it looked really painful on Ray's part. Um, I'm not surprised he went home that, that quickly. Um, I'm even, to be fair, more surprised that Ray still managed to fly around with what looked like a severely pulled groin. Fair play. But Matt, he destroys his compatriots for their failure to destroy the master of the 619. We then cut backstage and Stephanie, she plays interviewer and talks to Zach Gowan about becoming a wrestler and being inspired by Mr. America. I am about to introduce you to one of the most incredible people you will ever meet. Zach Gowan. Zach, thanks for being here tonight. Miss McMahon, thanks for having me. Now, I'd like to start off by apologizing on behalf of SmackDown for what happened to you last week with Roddy Piper. Um, but all that aside, Zach, you have a prosthetic leg. That's correct. And uh, tell me, what happened to your leg? Were you born with a birth defect? Did you lose your leg to disease yeah, or an accident? Uh, yeah, when, when I was a little boy, I had um, osteogenic sarcoma, which is a, a form of bone cancer that was on my femur. And, and to prevent it from spreading to the rest of my body and, and killing me, they had to cut it off at the source by amputating my leg. And uh, how old were you? I was eight years old. Yeah, this was in 91. And um, your family? How did your family handle this Well, I, I don't have much of a family, or at that time I didn't. I, I had my mom, it was pretty much my only family I had, and, and, and she was tremendous. She took care of me. When I was in the hospital sick for seven, eight months, she worked full time, she took care of the house, and she was pregnant on top of that. So much love to my mother for, for helping me get through that, definitely. And uh, what about your dad? Uh, well, my dad, I haven't seen him since I was four. He took off when I was four, so, you know, whatever. <laughs> and what about your little brother or little sister? My little brother, Matthew, yes. He's 11 years old now, and I'm very proud of him, and uh, he will do well. I'm sure he's very proud of you, too. Well, And, uh, you know, I've got to ask you, Zach, um, I heard about uh, Make-A-Wish Foundation, which is a foundation that grants wishes to terminally ill children. Right. And I heard that they came to you in your hospital bed and, and offered you a wish. Right. Yeah, well, they offered me a wish because my cancer was, was pretty deadly. It, it, um, it, it took the lives of a lot of kids who had it in the hospital with me. And... Uh, my, my wish would have been to meet Hulk Hogan. He was uh, an inspiration to me when I was eight years old. But I passed on the wish because I knew I was going to live. Wow. So what is next for Zach Gowan? I mean, you, you made a courageous you know, move last week on SmackDown when you dove in the ring to help your, your hero, Mr. America. Mr. America, yes. And uh, then, you know, you accompanied Mr. America down to ringside last Sunday at Judgment Day. I want to thank you for allowing me to do that. That was truly an, uh, a dream come true for me. 
Absolutely, Zach. So what is next on your horizon? What goal are you going to conquer or, or overcome? Well, as a matter of fact, uh, a goal of mine has always been a professional wrestler. And for some time now, I've been training to become a professional wrestler. And with the help of Mr. America, I hope to one day, hopefully, if I'm lucky, wrestle for you on SmackDown. Well, anything can happen in the WWE. That's true. Best of luck, Zach. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, elsewhere, Vince, he proposes that if Mr. America loses, he'll take a lie detector test next week. Hmm, fucking Jeremy Kyle. Uh, you'd think just by asking him to unmask that, I'd, do you know what I mean? Just, I'd just walk up to him and just rip the mask off his head. There's a lot of fuss about it. Just take, Mr. America, take your fucking mask off. Just prove it. Simple as. All these bloody segments. Hulk Hogan says, number one, brother. I'm not losing the match. And number two, brother, I'm not taking a lie detector test. Now, as Jeremy Carl would say, you've got something to hide there if you're not willing to take the test. I think we need to get Graham in. And yeah, if we're going there, we need to go there. Uh, Vince, he says Zach's dreams are over unless Mr. America agrees. Hogan, he says you're on, but you're one son of a bitch. So our next match it is Brock Lesnar versus Johnny Stamboli of the FBI. Uh, the match ends where Brock is going for it. He suplexes Stamboli, goes for the F5, which draws in the FBI for the DQ finish. We get a heel beat down, but The Undertaker returns and makes the save. I didn't realise he'd gone. Uh, taking out the FBI by himself and absolutely launches Nunzio over the ropes. Bless Nunzio. Um, so is that it then for vengeance? I know we're a few weeks away, but are we going to have Brock and Taker versus the FBI? Sable joins us to hype the new Raw magazine and takes issue with Taz's judging job at the pay-per-view. Uh, she squats on the announcer's table and fondles herself for Taz and then stump, dumps uh, a bit of water on him. Fair enough, I suppose. Elsewhere, we go backstage to Vince McMahon. He has confidence in Sean O'Hare, but he says don't unmask him tonight because next week of the lie detector, etc, etc. Uh, and it's time for our main event. Here's Hulk Hogan, Mr. America versus Sean O'Hare. Uh, the finish comes as Hulk Hogan's going through his usual stick, but uh, Roddy Piper breaks up the pin. Uh, Vince McMahon comes out to him like his millionth appearance tonight. But you see, Zach Gowan, who's out there, is not licensed to be here, so police officers arrest him for trespassing and assault, which draws out Mr. America for the count out at around seven minutes, which means next week it's time for the lie detector. for a reason because someone has broken the law and if anybody knows about breaking the law Hogan it's you damn it no, uh, hey now listen so therefore I've invited these officers out here to make an arrest an arrest for a criminal trespass an arrest for personal assault what and right now officers arrest that man right there Zach Gowan what no for what you don't have a backstage pass, pal. You've got no business out here. You're not under contract to the WWE. You're trespassing on my personal property. And you personally assaulted me at Judgment Day. You put your hands on me. 
Now, arrest that man. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. He's got a weapon. He's got a weapon. Oh, oh come on. He's got a weapon. Get your handcuffs up now. Arrest him. Arrest him. Cuff him, damn it. You cuff him. Police officer's a bit apprehensive to arrest Cuffing. that Gowan. He's handicapped. She's even too far from Mr. McMahon. Zach Gowan is a guest of Mr. Let's go. Let's go. General Manager Stephanie McMahon had no problem with Zach Gowan being here tonight either. Come on, let's go. Arrest that man. You're up Oh, come on. Come on, Hogan. For his counting. What's it going to be, Hogan? They're counting you out. You're up to eight. What's it going to be, Hogan? Come on, Hogan. You're up at nine. What's it going to be, Hogan? What's it going to be? Oh, no. Mr. America, he's been counted out. The winner of this match is the result of a countout, Sean O'Hare. Mr. America has lost. Mr. America's gonna have to undergo a lie detector test next week. That was a weird episode of SmackDown. The first hour was pretty good wrestling. You got your tag match. We have Matt Hardy, Benoit. Um, but then you've got. So yeah that, yeah, that was full of wrestlers you're supposed to care about. But then you got the second hour, which is a load of bollocks. Of Hulk Hogan and Piper and Gowan and but yeah, as SmackDowns go, half and half, better than Raw probably. So yeah, one nil to SmackDown. Let's move on. We are live from Mobile, Alabama, and your hosts always RJR and the King. Show Michaels opens the show and he brings out Ric Flair. Apparently, Ric Flair is everything that's great and wonderful about the business. Uh, show talks about trying to live up to the legacy of Flair and not being able to do so. He asks Flair where he stacks up and challenges him to a match tonight. Flair is down, but Triple H interrupts. Triple H, he jumps on the Flair bandwagon, but wants a bit of reassurance on Flair's loyalty. Uh, Flair tells him to get gone, but uh, Triple H, he gets a little bit angry and gives him the old, you're with me or against me spiel. Um, why are they not going with Ric Flair versus Triple H for the pay-per-view? Um, what Kevin Nash, remember Kevin Nash was part of this. And you get all these segments, the Ric Flair, the Triple H, the Shawn Michaels, they should be going with something along these lines and fuck Big Sexy off. Uh, Eric Bischoff, though, he butts in and points out that Mobile is a dump and they don't deserve Flair versus Michaels, so instead they're going to have to wait for the pay-per-view as Eric Bischoff presents Bad Blood. Um, I don't think Austin's going to be happy and he makes Triple H versus Flair and Michaels tonight instead. Okay, so Triple H has got to overcome the odds one more time, perhaps. I smell evolution screw job all over this. Listen to me, you old bastard. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I am the one that picked you up off of your ass six months ago. You don't listen to this emotional crap. I am the one that kicked the crutches out from under your wrinkled ass. I am the one that picked you up off the ground and made you what you are today. I am the one that brought you back to being the nature boy, to being Ric Flair. And Rick, trust me when I tell you, and you can ask Shawn Michaels if you don't believe me, you do not want to run up against me. Your window of opportunity is closing fast here, Rick. Do not make me make this decision for you. Wow. General Manager Eric Bischoff. Now, what is going on here tonight? 
You know, last week Stone Cold Steve Austin decided to take advantage of the fact that I wasn't, well, feeling all that well. Bischoff had a hangover. To come out, to come out, to come out on Raw and throw his weight around. Well, I'm Eric Bischoff, co-GM, and I can throw my weight around too. Uh-oh. And you know what I see when I look in that ring? I see three of the biggest egos in the history of this industry. And don't get me wrong, I love the idea of Shawn Michaels versus Ric Flair. But the fact of the matter is, that match is just way too big and way too important for a burgeoning metropolis like Mobile, Alabama. Well, he's got a point there, JR. I want to see this tonight, King. So instead, it is going to be the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, versus the Nature Boy, Ric Flair, and Eric Bischoff presents Bad Blood. Well, Eric Bischoff presents Bad Blood. What's but just to prove a point, and just to prove that Stone Cold Steve Austin isn't the only one that can come out here and make a match that you fans want to see tonight in that very ring, it is going to be Shawn Michaels teaming up with the Nature Boy Ric Flair. Teaming up? Versus the World Heavyweight Champion Triple H. What? In a handicap match! A handicap, anyway? Two on one tonight! Bishop can't do that, can he? I think he just did it! Uh, JR, he says that this is the first time Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels are teaming up, although they did team up 12 years ago against Bret Hart and Randy Savage. Now, normally that would be forgivable, but he did call the match. But I will kind of let him off, because it was one of them weird ones where they recorded one of them where they got released on VHS, and it got recorded... Um, the match got recorded where before JR uh, came into the company because JR joined the company at WrestleMania, made his uh, debut at WrestleMania 9. But the match then got released on the video um, after Ric Flair had already left the company with JR's, uh, and I believe it was Alfred Hayes's. Uh, I may be wrong with the Alfred Hayes, but I know it was definitely JR. Um, they pre recorded commentary over the top of it. Very weird, very weird. So fair play that he didn't remember. I'll let you off. Um, then he points out that Shawn Michaels is the first triple crown champion which was actually Bret Hart, but he probably means Grand Slam champion with, like, the European title. So, fair enough. He's probably just having one of them weeks. But then finally, he says that last week was the first time Triple H and Flair ever met, but the thing that Triple H was harping on about in his interview about the time he kicked Flair in the ass six months ago was Triple H beating Flair in one-on-one -on, -one on his first defence of the world title. Oh, fuck, it don't matter, Jay. I have night off, pal. It's okay. Uh, Big Bully Bill is on the highlight reel tonight, and I reckon we're going to get a fight. And we're also going to get some Stone Cold Memorial Day celebrations. Any excuse for a beer. That man need, does, he needs rehab. He needs rehab. Up next is the battle of former tag champions as it's Booker T versus Test. In earth-shattering news, Test and Scott Steiner have apparently broken up, but Stacey will continue to manage them individually. Uh, JR tells us to set our VCRs and call our neighbours because of the handicap match in the main event. 
two seconds, I'm just going to let them know. Uh, the finish comes out as Booker T backdrops Test onto the floor in a really weak bump and follows with a baseball slide. But Test moves Stacey into the way and she takes it. Well, it was her own fault for standing in the way. Uh, a back in a pump handle slam gets a two for Test. But Scott Steiner comes to Stacey's rescue. Test gets distracted and he's, uh, he's unable to stand and dodge the axe kick which finishes him at around five minutes. Um, that's why no one in the mid card gets over. Test does a massive heel act like that and then jobs straight away. Thus blowing off any heat that the act might have caused. But not that Test would probably get over. But no one has the chance. No one get Well, this 50-50 shot. No one's given the chance to even have a go at this. Um, meanwhile, Triple H, he desperately sucks up to a beat-up Austin. Who apparently says he slipped on a bar of soap in the shower. Uh, he, tries to, he tries to get out of the handicap match. And Triple H says it doesn't matter and he's going to still win regardless. Uh, and won't we all be fucking surprised when he does. Uh, Trish, she's out for, <laughs> I hate digging on him, but you just know he's gonna. Uh, Trish, then she comes out for commentary and we get some terrible shilling from the king as he shows this woman's mag that Trish is on the front cover of. And it is Val Venus versus Stephen Richards. Um, you know when you're watching wrestling, when someone gets fired and returns with a brand new gimmick just a week later. Val, he offers Victoria a role in his film, uh, but gets the victory with the uh, money shot at 2 minutes and 26 uh, basically cut and paste any Val Venus match from 98 to 2002 on Heat, and basically there you go. Um, he's changed the gimmick, what, it's about six to seven times now, but still uses the exact same transition sequence. Clothesline, knees to the gut, spine buster, money shot. Um, he's used them since, like, the day he debuted. Um, but hey-ho, penis rhymes with Venus, the job of killer's back. Meanwhile, Kevin Nash, he gives a laid-back interview on how upset he is at Triple H. Um, he's like very calm. He's just like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bloody him up. I'm gonna take his title. This is, where's your passion, Nash? Uh, Terry, she's with Christian. Confirmed that a bad blood is facing Booker T. So is so Flair against Michaels, Triple H against Nash, Booker T against Christian. WCW versus WWE Invasion 2.0. That's how it should have been booked. It should book it this way. That would have been miles better than fucking... What did we have? We had Billy Gunn, A-Train, and fucking Big Short versus Canyon, Hugh Morris, and I can't even remember who other one were. Oh, I want, yeah, Meat, I think. Maybe Meat. Maybe old Sean Stasiak. Christian says the new people's champion is back in mobile, but these peeps give me the creeps. Uh, Goldust puts in, and he says, Why are you such a dick, dick, dictator? I fucking so childish. Thanks, coach. Christian, you know, at Bad Blood, you're facing Booker T for this title. However, tonight, you're facing Goldust in a non-title match. How do you justify... How do I justify getting a sweet $700 haircut like this worth every penny? That's a great question, Terry, but unfortunately, that's not really what I want to talk about right now. What I want to talk about is how the new people's champion is back in mobile. Mobile? How do they justify naming this town after a gas station anyway? Something else about mobile between you and me? These peeps, these peeps give me the creeps, especially that kid with the lazy eye. You see him out there, his eyes all hanging down. Listen, I can't talk about this anymore. I got a match to get ready for. I got to prepare. I got to get ready now. If you'll excuse me, interview's over. Thank you. Bring back one of those icy cold diet tabs. I think they still have those here. Thanks. Christian, let me ask you a question. Why are you such a dick? Dick, 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 dick
dictator. Who are you talking about? Talking about all these nice folks here. We all know that you're the, the uh, intercontinental champion. Cheater, cheater, here, here, pumpkin eater. But at that, boy, let me tell you this. BTZ Boko T is going to take that intercontinental championship. Nobody, nobody is taking this intercontinental championship from me. You know something? Guys like you and like Booker T, you guys just aren't championship material. You see the C right here? You see that? That stands for Christian. That stands for champion. What would you say? What'd you say? Stands for you know what that C stands for? Stands for chump. See, what you got is a title loss. It's bad blood. Booker T's hometown, Houston, Texas. Oh yeah, all courtesy of the check cash, sucker trash, never loony, spit a Rooney, jamming, jamming, future, first time, intercontinental champion. Now can you dig that, sucker? Okay. Uh, Booker comes in and gives him some about bad blood as well. And then we cut to Eric and Austin. They argue on who's presenting the pay-per-view. And this leads to a challenge in the pay-per-view of some sort, but we don't really get any details. Austin, he says he's offering the pay-per-view for free for anyone in the military. Uh, and he says Stone Cold presents Steve Austin versus Bischoff at Bad Blood. We then cut to Lillian and she's trying to sing America the Beautiful, but the bell-ends in shit shirts interrupt us from cheap heat. Um, they've had enough of this patronism. And Jerry pipes it, you wouldn't know anything about patronism. Well, Jerry, they're kind of proud, proud as fuck to be French. So I imagine they're probably, like, join patriotic about being French. So I'd kind of, I think they'd have to disagree. This draws out Steve Austin for some stunners. We get some watting about him getting smashed on Memorial Day. And he finishes the song with Lillian, uh, which was, to be fair, was fucking outstanding. Austin even marks for himself when Lillian gives him a solo line. But my little inside voice was going, give Lillian a stunner. Stunner Lillian. Come on, Steve, what are you doing? Um, he finishes it by saying, parlez-vous Francie, you son of a bitch. I don't know if the world's ready for it, but let's wing one. <laughs> Please, Jordan, I need all the damn help I can get. Oh, beautiful, for spacious skies, for waves of grace. Come Next it is Christian versus Goldust. Uh, the finish. Goldust, he lungs Christian into the corner and sets him up for the shattered bollocks. But the ref stops him. He gets a, but he gets a power slam for the clean win at four minutes. However, it is a non-title match. But welcome to Raw, where everyone who's getting pushed fucking jobs after winning titles. Still to come it is Big Bully Bill on the highlight reel. And we have another week's WWE.com voting. This time, will Bill Goldberg spear Jericho? What the fuck? We're back from the break, and it's time for another Rodney Mac whiteboard challenge. After the hizzle to shizzle, 
A big fat pyjama wearing white boy comes out and it's on as it's Rodney Mack versus Bubba Ray in a five minute white boy challenge. The finish comes as Chris Nowinski runs in, nails Bubba and then the Cobra Sleeper, the blackout, it finishes Mack for in around two, it finishes for Mack in around two minutes. Meanwhile, Bischoff, he grants Sylvain Grandier a flag match against RVD and if he wins, they get a title match at the pay-per-view. I, I do good, love a good old flag match to be fair. We come backstage to Triple H, he accuses Ric Flair of changing, he's not happy with how Flip... <laughs> he's a bit worried, I think, that Ric Flair's going to kick his ass. Uh, and then we get our next match, it is the flag match, it's RVD versus Sylvain Grandier. And our next match, it is the flag match, it's RVD versus Sylvain Grandier. Uh, this is the first flag match on Raw since around 1997, I believe, uh, with Bret Hart and the... I want to say Bret Hart and the Patriot. Uh, Dupree comes in for some interference. Uh, John... <laughs> JR. JR, JR, JR. He's had a, having a terrible night tonight, JR. Uh, he contradicts himself in a matter of a breath. Uh, he calls Dupree stupid for hitting Kane and then corrects himself to resourcefulness when Dupree dropped or holds Kane into the ring steps. The ref gets bumped and Rob gets his flag, but of course the ref's out. Kane cleans house on the French, but they get rid of him, restore the US flag to its pole, claim the French flag in around five minutes, and JR is absolutely disgusted with the Bellends for winning on Memorial Day. Kane has been incapacitated here. Oh, by law resistance on Van Dam, another double team maneuver. Oh, don't tell me. This cannot happen. Not on Memorial Day. No, no. Oh, I can't believe it. Law resistance has won this flag bag. And now they'll go to bad blood to meet the pageant. Sylvain Grenier, law resistance. I don't like you, JR. I can't believe this happened on Memorial Day. It makes me sick. So they don't want to put Grenier over RVD and thus booking a gimmick match where you don't have to pin the guy to win. Um, but even though they can't book a clean win in that and they have to do the dusty finish in a fucking flag match. Ugh. And then why can't someone just get put over? Just, ah. Oh. Jericho's highlight reel next week. His guest will be The Rock. Yes, fucking man, Rocky Maivir is returning. The Jeritron now has a label under the screen, naming it as such. Uh, Jericho talks about his envy of Goldberg in WCW and how they wouldn't let him have the match. So he challenges Goldberg to a match at the pay-per-view. WCW, this is Invasion 2.0. Uh, Goldberg comes out to accept the match and calls Jericho an ass. Uh, Jericho defends himself with pepper spray and then spears Goldberg. The spear. Jericho invented that. Uh-oh. ran out on his own show after making the challenge. Hey, Jericho, why don't you make millions and millions of people happy tonight? Jump your happy ass in this ring and let me put you out of your misery. No, 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 not until you accept my challenge for the match at Bad Blood, Goldberg. Not until then. So that, that's what this is all about, huh, punk? Except your challenge. You ever heard the uh, old saying, be careful what you wish for, boy? Huh? You heard of that? Match with me at Bad Blood? Your ass is on! Oh, it's on at Bad Blood! You want it? You got it! You know what? Also, all that crap you were talking about in the ring out here before I came out. 
like you and I once being friends? <laughs> Let me tell you this, boy. It took me a long time to figure it out. But I did come to the realization, like all these people and the millions of people watching at home, that Chris Jericho ain't nothing but an ass. Wait a minute. He can't talk to Jericho that way. Just called me an ass? Just had the audacity to call Chris Jericho an ass in front of all these people in the middle of my very own show? Huh? He did, he did. Did I stutter? Huh? Let me tell you this, Junior. I say you get the hell out of my ring right now. Because if you don't, I might just have to come in there and beat you out of it. Oh, my God. But then again, maybe I won't. Jericho, he couldn't start his car, it seems, and he just fucking legs it out of the arena. So it's main event time. It is Triple H versus Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair. Uh, Shawn starts with an atomic drop and clothesline on Triple H, but Triple H fights back. Triple H hits a backbreaker and sends Shawn into the corner to set up the pedigree, but Shawn backdrops out of it and super kicks him. It's about two minutes into the match and Shawn's selling like it's 20 minutes. Um, hot tag to Flair, who of course turns on Shawn. Uh, we get some guy in a skiing mask. Uh, he lays out Nash in the back as Triple H pedigrees Sean in around three minutes. Uh, Nash apparently alive and well after taking the chair shot. Does the walking. Fights off the masked man again until Triple H lays him out of the chair. The mystery man is unmasked as Randy Orton. Ground Force is back for Series 2 it seems. We just need Big Dave to stop fucking injuring himself. And normal service will be resumed. So basically Triple H outsmarts everyone yet again, overcomes the odds to win against two guys who were proclaimed as the biggest stars in the history of the sport in the same match. You didn't see that one coming. I hate to dick on him, but come on now. This is getting silly. Um, as Rose go, that wasn't overly great to be fair, but it wasn't the worst. I would have loved to have seen Flair face heel storyline build maybe a couple more weeks, but hey ho, on to Smackdown we go. Sean Michaels looking to make the tag. Flair came within a second of becoming the world's heavyweight champion. This week, there's a tag. Now Flair can finish his business for Triple H. Thanks to Flair's beatdown, I'll be damned. I'll be double damned. 
guessing does. I guess he does. He's the dirtiest player in the game, and he just showed the world why. I wanted to believe so badly, and now it's a two-on-one move. Nothing but an assault. Great player, Sean Michaels. Yeah, they're going to need a bad blood if Sean Michaels can make it there. Oh, low blow. A low blow from the dirtiest player in the game. And what the hell is player thinking? episode of Smackdown we are taped from Pensacola Florida we get a video package from last week around the Mr. America storyline that just like Raw with their Nash and Triple H just won't go away as the show begins we get a graphic highlighting tonight's main event the three members of the FBI will be taken on the Undertaker and Brock Lesnar in a two on three handicap match so we called it last week but here's me thinking it would be on vengeance no one seems though to have mentioned so far granted it's a while away but no one seems to have mentioned Vengeance. <laughs> Hopefully this week, we may get a little mention of Vengeance. Sable, she comes out to open SmackDown and says she's going to be the ring announcer for the next match. She says Tori Wilson is from Loserville, USA, and she weighs in at way too much. And it is Nidia with Jamie Noble versus Tori Wilson. Um, this was your typical women's blah match of the week from SmackDown. Uh, Tori injured her knee doing a leapfrog, and Nidia focused her attack on the injured knee. Tori, she started to make a comeback, but Noble was able to distract Tori and allow Nidia to roll her up uh, with the tights for the pin. After the match, though, Taz, he attacked Noble, um, just so that Noble couldn't attack Tori. Taz, he nearly fucking clocks Nidia, and Tori, she pulled Nidia's pants down, and Sable threw water on Taz for the second week in a row. Are we getting, are we getting Taz back in the ring? I, hope, I really hope not, but why, why not? It seems bizarro world on SmackDown at the minute. Look at Jamie Noble from behind. Just hit Tori Wilson from behind. Distracted Tori. But Nidia's got the tights. And Nidia picks up the win. That was a distraction. To Jamie Noble. You know what? You know what? I had enough. You know what? And the winner Where are you going? What are you doing? What the hell was that all about? Taz just took out Jamie Noble. And now Nidia's got Taz. What is going on? Uh, can't do that, partner. Oh, look at Tori. 
shots off with the here. Oh, and Sable with water to Taz again, and this time it was a pitcher full. Well, Sable not endearing herself to uh, to my partner Taz. Black limo is then shown up backstage and Vince steps out. Vince tells the driver to leave the limo right where it is. Um, he wouldn't be gone too long, but the driver warned him that we're in a handicap zone. Hmm. Uh, the two detectives have a lie detector machine hooked up to Stephanie in the back. They ask her if she is the GM of SmackDown and she passes by saying yes. They ask her if she has ever cheated on her taxes and she quickly pulls the wires off and says the machine is working absolutely fine. At Team Angle, they come walking from around the corner and promise to get their titles back tonight for Kurt, who is due back next week. They then put on their jumpsuit hoods and head towards the ring. Um, Eddie and uh, Tajiri, they're shown backstage in the locker room. Tajiri's wearing baggy clothes and a beanie cap as Eddie gives him the congrats for showing a little Latino heat. Uh, Tajiri says he also has Tajini heat. Uh, Eddie starts to walk to the ring as Tajiri stops him and shows him some car keys. Uh, the champs have wheels. Eddie asks Tajiri how he got the car. Tajiri says, Are we lie? Are we cheat? Are we steal essay? And it is the WWE Tag Team Champions. It is Tajiri and Eddie Guerrero versus Team Angle. It's the rematch from the rematch from the rematch from the pay-per-view. Uh, Team Angle, they come out first to some serious hill heat. Eddie and Tajiri show up to the ring next in a lowrider truck complete with hydraulics. Uh, the crowd, they ate it up like Christmas morning. Um, it was probably the, this was the match of the night and it rivaled their account from last week. Uh, lots of Eddie chants in this one. The majority of the match saw the champs working over Jerry's knee in an extended heat segment and then working over Eddie as he got the hot tag. Uh, Charlie Hass, um, he had Tajiri locked in the Hass of Pain when the bell rang. Um, Hass got up and started celebrating but it was Eddie who rang the bell. Tajiri never quit. While the ref was arguing with the timekeeper, Eddie snuck back with the belt. Hass tries to tug a war it out with Eddie's hands but Eddie lets go and Hass fires backwards. Uh, Eddie then lays on the mat like he was knocked out and the ref saw the belt in Hass's hands causing the DQ. I am loving these little DQ uh, tactics from Eddie Guerrero that he's using. I want it to continue forever. And it's helping. And for me personally, I believe this is the start of Eddie getting over as fuck. Mr. America is shown sitting in the locker room with his head in his hands worrying about the lie detector test. Uh, Vince comes to the ring uh, and he says that he has a smile on his face and welcomes us to a very special edition of Smackdown. Why is it so special, you may ask? Because it'll be the last show we will see any form of Hulk Hogan in the ring. Uh, Vince says once the test is done, uh, Mr. America's contract will be null and void. He sees Zach Gowan sitting at ringside. He says after the test tonight, neither Hogan or Zach will have a leg to stand on. Uh, Vince then introduces Mr. America. He comes to the ring and sits at the table and gets hooked up to the lie detector machine. Vince tells Hogan that he's not singling him out because he does this to all his corporate employees. They have to go through the same thing. Because if there's one thing that Vince cannot stand, it's a liar. Uh, question one. Are you the man known as Mr. America? Yes. Pass. Question two. Are you in a wrestling... Question two. Are you wrestling in Pensacola, Florida? Massive pop, obviously. Yes. Pass. Are you employed on SmackDown? Yes. Pass. Vince is getting quite pissed. Ask him the question. Mr. America, are you Hulk Hogan? Hogan, can I have a drink of water? Vince, you can drink all the water till you're waterlogged, which is a great line. Uh, Vincent asked the question, are you Hulk Hogan? Hogan says, no, pass. Vince, what's this mean? What the hell? He's got to, he's telling the truth. They asked the question again, same result, massive pop. Hogan, are you Mr. America? No, times five. 
And he's like, no, 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 no. And he goes, pass, pass, ding, 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 ding. Can I please have a drink of water? Hogan, you can drink all the water you want. You can drink water till you're waterlogged. I can tell you this, that's not a truth serum, okay? That's just simply water. And it's not gonna change the answer. Now, damn it, I'll ask the question this time. Mr. America, are you Hulk Hogan? No. What's this mean? It means he's telling the truth, sir. The hell he's telling the truth. The hell you say? Ask him the question again. Mr. America, are you Hulk Hogan? No. Now listen to me. I don't know what you're doing, but you're not asking the questions properly. Now, damn it, ask the question properly. I know the answer. I know that SOB is lying to me. Now ask him. Mr. America, are you Hulk Hogan? No. Damn it. Ask him again. It's Hogan, 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 Hogan. No, 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 no. What the hell's going on? What's going on, Mr. McMahon, is that Mr. America has passed the slide detector test. Uh, Hogan, Vince has no idea how Hogan has pulled this off. Vince wants to prove that he can pass the test. So Vince gets hooked up and goes through a series of questions himself. Are you Vince? Yes. Are you the chairman of the WWE? Yes. Hogan chimes in, are you the biggest asshole on God's green earth? Uh, Vince says no. The test says he's failed. <laughs> Vince goes, I am. Are you a sick, perverted, power-hungry freak? Uh, no, which obviously fails. He gets a big pop. Uh, Vince, I'm a very very well-respected businessman in the world over. Fail. Uh, what I do in this business, I do for each and every one of you all over the world. Fail. I do this for most of you all over the world. Fail. Some of you, fail. And then he gets all angry and goes, Oh, and I do it for me and me only. And then that passes. And then he says, let me tell you this. I am no pervert. And then that fails again, the massive pop. Uh, Hogan says, you're not a pervert, so don't you spend most of your time knocking one out to Tory Wilson's playboy. He says, no, fail. Uh, Vince says, all right, it was a long time ago. Fail. It was last month. Fail. It was earlier this morning. Fail. It was in the car in the limo on the way over. Pass. <laughs> the crowd go wild. The crowd are absolutely loving the fact that Vince knocked one out in his limo on the way to the show. Um, Vince says, I'm not a pervert. We all fantasise about Tory. At least I don't fantasise about the May Youngs of the world. And obviously, we get a fail. And then he goes, I hate you, Hogan. Big pass. Uh, Hogan, he then clocks Vince to end the segment. Uh, Vince storms into Stephanie's dressing room and asks if she just saw what happened. Vince says Stephanie was the one responsible for hiring the lie detectors to make sure the equipment worked properly. And she was the one who hired Mr. America. Vince says, next week, things are going to change for the better. 
Up next is Sean O'Hare with Roddy Piper in his corner versus Chris Benoit. Um, it seemed like the crowd was completely dead after all the Mr. America stuff. Uh, but O'Hare looked really good against Benoit, but then again, who doesn't, to be fair? Uh, Piper grabbed Benoit's foot as he was coming off the ropes and caused the cripplers to chase Piper into the ring and slap on the cross face. Um, O'Hare ben kicked Benoit in the back of the head from behind and rolled him up by holding his tights for the pin. Um, I like the fact that O'Hare, at least he got a win and usually means beating Benoit means you're going places. See Cena, but I hope so, but probably not. It's fucking Smackdown. It's WWE again, where in 2003, it's very hard to be go somewhere if you're a new guy. Up and down like a roller coaster. Uh, the FBI there backstage lifting some weights and they're arguing about how they will take out Brock and Taker tonight. Stamboli wants to use the weights, but Nunzio has a bigger plan. I smell the big show. Uh, a video package of the Rey Mysterio Matt Hardy conflict is shown and they announced Matt will take on Rey in a Cruiserweight title match next week. Come on, the gods of the Cruiserweights. Come on, let's all join forces together and let's get this belt off Matt Hardy. It hurts me because I love the V1, as we always say, but it hurts me that he's done jack shit with this Cruiserweight title. And it's quite important. It's quite instrumental in a lot of guys on SmackDown. And it might mean my boy Jamie Noble might start getting a bit more matches and not just supporting his missus. Rey Mysterio is shown in the back getting ready for an interview. He talks about how he's going to win the Cruiserweight title next week on the West Coast. Matt Hardy then walks up and says the crowd could chant Rey and 619 all they want because he's going to destroy Rey just like he did at WrestleMania. Uh, Matt then kicks Rey in his injured groin and leaves him laying helpless. Uh, Colin Taz then then hype that Kurt Angle is, is going to be back next week on SmackDown and we get a bit of a promo. Then we also get a promo coming soon, Ultimo Dragon. For those of WCW will remember Ultimo Dragon. Um, he's like a slower Rey Mysterio, but he's, he's one of those, world renowned. And I always remember back in 2003 when I saw this promo for Ultimo Dragon coming. I remembered him from WCW being quite integral. He's not just in, in Japan as well. He was really known for his matches in Japan. I was like, yes, I know this guy is. And then I always remember playing him on one of the SmackDown video games. I can't remember which one it was. But it was fucking terrible. His, his, sta his uh, stats were low. His ratings were low. He was slow. Yeah, it was like a really... I always remember him as just a slow Rey Mysterio. And I hope to God my opinion gets changed in the forthcoming weeks when Ultimate Ultimo Dragon makes his debut. And then it is the tag team match. We get Spanky and Rikishi of the random team going up against the Basham Brothers, which are more OVW call-ups. Uh, there's been rumours, and it looks like they're coming true, that SmackDown are now going to start inf a new influx of these OVW talent. Uh, this is Danny and Doug, the Basham brothers, uh, making their SmackDown debut. Uh, they came out to nothing, though. It was a total dead reaction, uh, which does annoy me. If they are going to bring in, hopefully they're not just going to be a job attack team, uh, and obviously we all know they're not. Um, so uh, it annoys me a little bit, because I never remembered the Bashams entering the WWE, and this is why. There's no build-up, there's no coming soon. Like, Ultimo Dragon's coming soon. What about the Basham's coming soon? But hey-ho. Um, Spanky, the finish, you saw Spanky go for a monkey flip on Doug. Gets pushed off by Danny from the outside. Gets rolled up by Doug, who got the pin thanks to assist from Danny. Great teamwork by the finish, but on the finish, sorry, by the new guys. I like these two, and I think they're going places. But after the match, as always, Rikishi has a dance, and this time Spanky joins in. And here comes Spanky. I'll tell you, Rikishi and Spanky. They oh, love oh, to have Spanky. fun out there. Uh-oh, look at this. Went for Good well, teamwork. a monkey flip. Great teamwork Here's right the there. cover. And look at Danny holding his brother Set down. Up. Nice. And the Basham brothers. What an upset. Great teamwork. Not only did Doug stack up Spanky, but like you pointed out, Danny pushing his foot into his brother to get more leverage to pin 
Spanky, great teamwork by this new team, the Bastion Brothers. Can you believe the upsets we've seen on SmackDown tonight? Sean O'Hare over Chris Benoit, thanks to Roddy Piper. And now the Bastion Brothers have upset Spanky and Rikishi in their debut here on SmackDown. Oh, the matchup, Bastions look good. So did Spanky and Rikishi. Bastions took that one. Well, what, uh, what were they pointing over at you again? I hope not. Uh, I know nobody likes you. I just. Why the lights went out? Uh oh. Oh my god, there's two hats in the ring. You know what that means? That means, uh, what? You know what that means. I don't We're know. Have a party Cole, in case of Cole. Cole, you're the play by play guy. Why don't you tell me? Point out the obvious. What does that mean when the lights go dim and there's strobes on and there's hats? It's party time in Pensacola. Well, now he's putting sunglasses on, so it's still a party, right? The dancing call, the big Rikishi dance. Come on, I know what it is. Here we go. Let's see if Specky's got some uh, some groove, some. Wow, uh... <laughs> was pretty good for a white boy. <laughs> Dances better than you do. You ain't kidding. <laughs> Rikishi and Spanky getting down tonight on SmackDown. Look at the Spankster. <laughs> wow. We're out in the parking lot and Vince's limo's getting towed away for being parked in a handicap zone. Uh, Vince gets in the limo anyway and tells the tow driver truck to tow him to the airport. Zack Gown walks up and knocks on the window and tells Vince that he's illegal to park in a handicap spot. As the limo is towed away, Vince is heard screaming to stop because he wants to get out and kick Zack's ass. We are building to Vince. I hope I'm, that's probably going to be vengeance. Vince versus Zack. I think that's how we're going. What was the meaning of this? What in the hell is going on? You go tell that man to put my limo down now. Car's impounded. The car's impounded. Now tell me something, Rufus. How come the car's impounded? Man, man, I told you that it was a handicap zone. We parked in a handicap zone. A handicap zone. I'm going to the airport. So you go tell that man driving the tow truck that he's gonna take me to the airport since you can't, okay? Now open the door here, George C. Open it up. Go tell him what I said. Now close the door. Thank you. Mr. McMahon, didn't you know that parking in the handicap zone is illegal? You, hey, stop the car. I wanna get out. I'm gonna kick his little ass! Stop this damn car! I said stop it, damn it! Stop it! Where the hell are you taking me? I'm gonna beat that little punk's ass! Stop it, stop it! Up next it is the FBI, it is your main event. It's the FBI versus Brock Lesnar and the Undertaker. Uh, the handicap match was supposed to be the three members of the FBI versus the big bad faces. But Nunzio, because he was thrown over the top and took a hard fall on his back last week, he's unable to compete. Uh, Nunjo's Big Show will be his replacement. Uh, this is actually probably much better than it had the right to be, to be fair. Uh, it was quite a lot of fun when the hills escaping a lot of the, oh, it could be over moments and then it's not. Uh, which is kind of what you'd expect with two big guys, main eventers like Taker and Big Show. Uh, Taker and Brock Lesnar, well, and Big Show as well, to be fair. Taker, he had the Big Show in the Dragon Sleeper, but Nunzio broke it up with a chair shot only to get choke slammed. The finish though, it saw Brock lose the match clean to the Big Show. Uh, EF5 Stamboli and Plumbo though, but then got choke slammed for the clean pin. 
um, which was a bit, yeah, it's, uh, so which, I'd, I'm puzzled as where the, the title's going, because obviously Kurt's coming ne- back next week as well, um, so is it Kurt going to be thrust straight into the main event, but, but it seems like with the hype and all these videos, promos that we're getting, that Kurt's going to come back as a good guy, so you, you've got a lot of his face heavy is the main event picture on SmackDown. But anyway, the bounce to bad blood continues as let's get back involved with, oh my God, some more Raw. The numbers game. Dragon Sleeper! Dragon Sleeper! Dragon Sleeper! Taking care of business, locked in. Lester with a shot. Undertaker has got it locked into the Big Show. Big Show's going to get choked out. And a chair to the back of the Undertaker. Lugio better get some help from the family. Slam the Nuncio. And look at this. The Undertaker just got, got whashed by Kickball. Great catch and kick right there. I think there was a tag, Paul. I think there was a tag right there from Lesnar. There was. So then we move on, it's the 2nd of June, Monday Night Raw. We are live from San Diego, California. So the show kicks off and The Rock is shown entering the arena. He's here to electrify us once more. And our opening match is Trish Stratus, Ivory and Jackie versus Jazz, Victoria, Molly Holly. And Jerry Lawler goes into overdrive about puppies. Now I found this quite a weird, just a weird way to start Raw. Um, Ivory gets the win on Jazz in around three and a half minutes, um, but the women's division on Raw is desperate for new blood. Uh, Jackie and Ivory, they're from like a different era, um, but it's you've got Trish Stratus in there, you've got Victoria, who's a decent wrestler, but like, you've got Molly Holly, like I said, Ivory, Jackie, they're all Attitude Era. It, it feels like we need something new in the women's division. Uh, Goldberg, is shown arriving in his muscle car and he brushes off the coach who's looking for an interview. Meanwhile, Stacy, uh, she dumps poor Test. He goes into a bit of roid rage and informs her that she's con- she's contractually obliged to stay with him. Tough shit, Stacy. You're not going anywhere. I saw what happened. I watched the video, Andrew. I never told you that Steiner's got me all messed up in that. Oh, I don't even know what I'm no, doing out there. Okay, so explain to me how you pulled me in front of you, Booker T kicked me, was an I'm laying on the ground, was an you showed no concern, and then you smiled at me. I wasn't smiling at you, Stacy. Okay, let me tell you this loud and clear so What's you that? understand. I don't want to have anything to do with you. It's over. Over? It's far from over. Let's remember, you have a contract with me to be my marketing director. My marketing director. So as far as it being over, Stacy. 
it's far from over because you're contractually obligated to me. Randy Orton, he sneak attacks Hurricane on the way to the ring, so Triple H can have a bit of an interview time. Uh, Flair talks about the wannabes coming and going, now Sean needs to wrestle 350 times a year and make love to 3,000 women before he can be the best. Uh, he gives us some advice for dealing with the ladies. Apparently the key is to never get off her until she screams, Oh God, oh God, I can't take anymore. Uh, then the interview takes a slightly creepier turn as he promises to make Sean his bitch all night long. Um, it's probably more information than we ever needed that, uh, but never mind. Uh, Sean, of course, he interrupts to let us know that he's not a little boy anymore and he doesn't need to brag about anything about his ability in the ring. Sean's math's a bit off, though. Uh, he talks about taking the world title when Flair went south uh, to WCW in 92. Uh, maybe he's just been hit so many times uh, and he thinks he's now Bret Hart. Uh, National Hurricane joins us for a good old Pier 6 brawl and the faces clean house. Um, aside from all the intentionally hilarious gay innuendo, that we, I don't know if it was popular there or not, uh, this was quite an awesome segment, to be fair, between Sean and Flair, um, and it made me care about them 100% times more than the match, um, than the main event, and I keep saying this, uh, Bad Blood is supposed to be all based around Hell in the Cell of Nash and Triple H, but you wouldn't know about it. Now, a couple weeks ago, Ric Flair, a good Ric Flair, lost Hey, Max, to him, watch this. You know the thing? To be the man, you gotta beat the man. He beat the man, watch. Look at this. They're paying homage to the world's heavyweight champion. Him, I pass the torch to him. You, Michael, will always be a Ric Flair wannabe. Wow. This guy is gonna be the next. And last week, I gave you a lesson that everybody needs to learn. If you wanna be great, it's like last night when the champ was making, making a girl start to sweat. I said, champ, remember two things. Never get off her until she goes, oh my God, my God. My God, I can't take anymore. Oh my God. And never turn your back on the dirtiest player in the game. Now, at Bad Blood, at Bad Blood, after he leaves Kevin Nash in a pool of blood, I out-wrestle you, I outsmart you, I outstyle you. I slap the living crap out of you. We're gonna have a limousine, woo, a mile long. Loaded with women, women and booze. They're gonna have the women because you're gonna be my bitch. Oh my goodness. All night long. I think Shawn Michaels may be a lot of things, but I don't think he's ever been called that before.
You know, Rick, I knew that I was taking a big chance last week. I knew it was risky when I revealed so much of myself to you in front of the entire wrestling world. And true to form, true to being the dirtiest player in the game, you made me pay for it. You knocked me down and you spit on all the respect and admiration that I've had for you over the years. But you need to understand one thing, Rick. I am not the little boy sitting in front of the TV anymore watching my idol, Ric Flair. I am a man who has established the name, the Heartbreak Kid in the wrestling industry. Damn sure has, King. And I have done it by doing the same things wrestling 300 nights a year, bleeding all over the place. And the difference between you and me, I don't need to brag about women. I don't need to brag about anything, Rick, except one thing. That is my ability in that ring. And Flair, I want to make one thing perfectly clear to you. You didn't pass the torch to me. I took it from you. Wow. And Flair been locked out of it. Look at Flair. Look at Flair. When you realized that you couldn't make it in this company and you ran south, I took the world title here. I went in that ring and I showed every person in that dressing room and every guy in this industry that Shawn Michaels was the new standard in the wrestling industry. That he has been, King. And Rick, what you did last week is you started something in me that hasn't been here for the year that I've been back. See, I'm not an angry guy anymore. I've got nothing to prove because I know there isn't any young buck in that dressing room that I can't come out here with and run into the ground and take to a new level. But you, my friend, and Shawn Michaels have never been in that ring together. Other than when I was a little tag team beginner. A lot has changed, Rick. At Bad Blood, I'm gonna show the world that Space Mountain is nothing but a broken down, rickety old ride. Oh, oh, look at Nate! Look at Nate! The heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels, is gonna take the nature boy to school. Oh my gosh! And in bad blood, I'm gonna do with you that I've done with every nickel and dime guy in that dressing room. And that's making famous getting run into the ground by Shawn Michaels, the heartbreak kid, the showstopper, the headliner, the main event. And Flair, I'm gonna take that torch that I still hold and a bad blood, I'm gonna shove it where the sun doesn't shine. No, no! I have not said, heard him sound that motivated in years. 
John. You're so bad. Why don't you search around in that back pocket of yours and see if you've got that torch on you now. See if you don't mind bringing it down to that ring and try and stick it up his ass with me here. Up next is Scott Steiner versus Stevie Richards. Poor Stevie doesn't even get himself an entrance. Uh, Stacy appears to be managing Steiner now, though. Um, although you'd think that they're going to do a swerve at the pay-per-view where maybe testing uh, Stacy were just setting Steiner up. I hope so. But I hope this is just not another step in the decline of Test ever since he decided to not show up for work. Uh, Steiner pounds away into the corner to start and suplexes Stevie. Uh, Steiner stops to yell at Test but misses a blind charge. Uh, the flatliner though quickly finishes it for Steiner in around one and a half minutes. Um, Eric though he quickly strolls out and makes a Test-Steiner match for Stacey's services at the pay-per-view. Uh, the Roydy Powers then it seems they're going to explode. But in all seriousness, that match is going to be absolutely fucking dire. Uh, JR, he announced unfortunately that Freddie Blassie, um, he died an hour or so ago before the uh, show went on air, um, which was a really shame. Um, obviously, we only saw Blassie on Raw a few weeks ago when he was um, he told the Dudleys to go and get the tables. Uh, for me, Blassie is one of them growing up as a kid in the era of managers. I was, I got the butt end of the 80s, right? I was majority early 90s. Uh, which was my first kind of taste of wrestling. And Freddie Blassie was always one of those managers that were always around. And I was remembering the invasion angle where you had all the WWE guys, they were all sat in catering or backstage or whatever. And they got a big rousing speech, first one like Bradshaw. Um, always, Bradshaw and Hardcore Holly, I always love that about the invasion. Bradshaw and Hardcore Holly were the locker room leaders. Um, but then Freddie Blassie, Freddie Blassie was telling him to get up, rise up and fight, and he rose out of his wheelchair. It was just so passionate. Uh, so so passionate, and it just got me. I always remember at the time thinking, come on, WWE, uh, WWF, sorry. Fuck, they kicked the crap out of those WCW idiots. Uh, but yeah, RIP Blassie, one of the greatest minders ever, in my opinion. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have some bad news to share with our fans. Uh, about an hour ago, the legendary WWE Hall of Famer Freddie Blassie passed away, and our thoughts and our prayers are with his wife Miyako and the and Freddie's family it was only three weeks ago King that Freddie was here with us on Raw and and uh, what a what a legend one of the one of the great personalities in the history of our business it really seems unbelievable that like you said just three weeks ago Freddie was right here with us on Raw having a great time I mean raising hell he was the the Freddie Blassie that everybody knew and loved and now he's gone we're gonna miss Freddie Blassie he was a beloved figure that we, we all loved and respected. And Freddie, God bless you. And take it easy up there in heaven. Uh, Austin, he challenges Eric to a redneck triathlon for the pay-per-view, but no more details are announced. Uh, meanwhile, Jericho, we're going backstage, and he's dumping paint on Goldberg's car. Bill gets in, though, to give the chase, and this time the car actually starts. Uh, Christian. He takes over hosting duties of the highlight reel because Jericho is busy running from Goldberg. So tonight it is the peep show. Fuck yeah. Uh, the Rock is the guest as promised and the crowd go absolutely balmy for him. Uh, the Rock is about to eat his catchphrase but Christian cuts him off and steals it. Uh, Rock has been replaced which comes as a bit of a shock to The Rock. Rock accuses him of being on crack and just totally plays the babyface role. This is not the um, Hollywood Rock that we saw in his last stint. Um, it was just a matter of time though. Um, it was like the back of the end of his corporation run. Uh, the fans were just screaming for him to turn face because it was the sing-along with the Rock segments. Uh, and I think we've got that now where back when the Rock was Hollywood Rock, the fans were still, you could tell they were desperate to cheer for him because everyone loves Rock, no matter heel, face, whatever. The Rock, he heads into the crowd to take a poll, which seems to put him firmly in the lead for the People's Champion. Uh, but Jericho's back and Jericho points out that he's never been speared and Rock has. 
Uh, Vitamin C then start on the rock until uh, Booker, of all people, makes the save. Rock then lays out both Jericho and Christian and wants to leave, but Booker wants a rock rooney first. Um, if only the rock was actually going to stay around to have a feud with Christian, that'd be pretty cool. People's champ versus people champ. Uh, with, I don't know, DDP is the ref, because he was always the people's champ in WCW. Uh, it's just a shame that this was just a one-off appearance. So obviously he's back to make movies. <clears throat> well, well, well. Well, uh... No, 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 well, I'll tell you what, no, obviously they love you, uh... You know, but, 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 but here, here, here's the thing, man, you've been running your mouth. How about this? Why, why, why don't you just... Why don't you just ask the people? That's what you need to do. I just did, I just asked No, them. no, 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 you just didn't ask them. What you did is took your little narrow ass in the ring and said, hey, let me in. You didn't give them a chance to answer. Now, let The Rock conduct the show, because The Rock is the people's champ. He's going to show you how. The Rock is going to take the microphone, The Rock, and go out to the people. What? You're going to go out to the people? Wait a minute, Rock. You know, this is San Diego. You might want to think twice about that. Hold it. A man of the people going to the people, apparently. No, he can't do that, JR. He's a, he's a movie star. He's just bluffing. Movie stars can't just walk in amongst the unwashed... Public Wait, Rock! Oh, they can't. Oh, they can't. Wait a minute, Rock! He might be the, the biggest action movie star in the, in the world. Okay, the yeah, but... now the Rock is out with the people. What's up, Daddy? What's up? Look at this. Okay, okay, okay. Here we go. Here we go. Christian, Christian, you watch the Rock. We're going to conduct a little test out here. Oh, hey, what's up, Mama? Okay. Who, who is the real people's champ? Versus Rene Dupree. 
Uh, it's been close to probably about 40 minutes and from the last match. Uh, Kane, though, he attacks from the start, drops an elbow. Grandier trips him up. Uh, Dom, uh, Dupree, he stomps away and gets a clothesline, but Kel no-sells the shit out of it, as usual, and side-slams him. A flying clothesline, though, allows RVD to hit Grandier with a drop kick from the apron, but Dupree goes low on Kane and gets the pin in 2 minutes and 20. So they use Kane to put Rene Dupree over. Thank God, finally. We are asking this, like I was saying this last week in the flag match, there was no need for the dust. Granted, this had a little bit of dustiness, uh, but you're always going to get that with the, the guys on the sidelines. But at least someone from the shit shirts won, which is a step in the right direction. Um, Austin, though, immediately storms out to protest about how fucking terrible that match was. And he misses RVD. He questions Kane's heart lately and points how bored and sloppy he's been. Austin gets in Kane's face and steps on his foot. He's daring Kane to choke slam him. He continues running Kane down, but Kane won't fight back. Finally, a slap seems to convince Kane, but then he still won't fight back. Austin, though, gets disgusted and stuns Kane to end the segment. Um, the fuck was all that about, really? Austin wants to see the old big red machine. Now, if the, if Kane starts fucking giving Austin hugs, then that's me done. I want the old big red machine. Comes back singing Kumbaya on a fucking guitar and starts giving Austin hugs. You are, without a shadow of a doubt, the sorriest... Weakest son of a bitch I think I've ever seen. some Matrix-ish vignettes um, which revealed to be a teaser for Gail Kim. Uh, we're going to get some new blood in the women's division. Finally! Finally, we've been asking for someone new and we're getting the Asian sensation that is Gail Kim. Up next is Goldberg versus Booker T versus Vitamin C. It's that never team against stipulation didn't really last long for uh, Booker T and Goldust, but hey-ho. Uh, Axe Kick gets the pin for Booker in around eight minutes. Um, four minutes of that was the advert breaks though and the rest was quite lethargic. Goldberg, he makes an appearance though and accidentally flattens poor Charles Robinson with a spear as Jericho escapes yet again. Um, meanwhile, none of the referees they'll volunteer to referee the Hell in the Cell match, but Austin has some know someone who is crazy enough. And here's our main event. It is Evolution of Randy Orton, Ric Flair and Triple H versus the Hurricane, Shawn Michaels and Kevin Nash. Yet again, the Hurricane is going to get used as jobber fodder for the main event. Uh, JR admits that Nash knows how bad he is. Out of context, sure, but it was it's still quite funny. Uh, Hurricane, though, as I said, he probably would, and he does. Fall victim to the pedigree, and Orton gets the pin at around 8 minutes 18. Um, it looks incredibly messed up, though, as Hebner counted two, stopped for no reason, and then calls for the bell anyway, as it were apparently a pin, but fuck on it. Never mind. 
Uh, Nash, he cleans uh, everyone, he cleans house single-handedly, of course, to end the show. Um, but we still don't get revealed who the referee is by Austin. Um, it was just really a horrible match all round. Um, and really, overall, the show, there was no in-ring stuff. It was fifth, there was like five minutes total wrestling time in the first hour. Um, the strong build to Michael's flair and Goldberg Jericho continues, but you'd think that was really the only thing. And it seems to every show is built up to Nash going over at the end. Um, Triple H usually getting involved in the match or being in the match, sorry. But then it's yeah, the deadest of dead main events. And I hope the Hell in the Cell match is something sparkling because the build up for it has been dire. But yeah, I'm still quite looking forward to Michael's flair though. And Goldberg Jericho is getting a lot of time, so hopefully that should be a good match. But yeah, overall it was good to see the Rock. Um, but yeah, I'm sick of seeing Nash onto SmackDown. We go. And the referee didn't see the pedigree. Triple H is not the legal man, but he, he just pedigreed the hurricane to hell and Orton's hooked the leg. Is the shoulder up? Come on, ref! Did he get the win or what? What happened? I don't have a damn clue what that, that call was. A referee counted a three, looked at shoulders. Bottom line, he's called for the bell. I can only assume that Evolution has won this yes, match. Yes, They've won. Who won, ref? I'll tell you what, you, you can tell these referees are thinking about hell to sell. That was a bad call or an indecisive call. You gotta call it like it is. And the crowd doesn't like it, but Evolution wins the match. And look at Nash. I think Earl Hebner has definitely been intimidated by Triple H. Well, by Evolution in general. Oh, no, look at this. And Nash, oh. the tap knife on the world's champion. And Triple H, is, his body's got to be rocking with, with pain from that blow. Kevin Nash dominated the game in this tag match. Well, I can't, I can't necessarily disagree with you there, but the game's team still won, I think. I'll tell you what, man, it just shows you how concerned the referees are about officiating Hell in the Cell. That's why we don't have a referee for Hell in the Cell. At least Stumpton also makes that phone call. Who's he going to call? I have no idea. But I guarantee you one thing, Evolution got a lot of problems in the form of a 7-foot, 350-pounder. Oh, yeah, it's bad blood. Bad blood all the way, baby. So it's June the 5th, 2003, we are taped from Anaheim. And tonight, finally, after what feels like an eternity away, Kurt Angle finally returns to SmackDown. We get no pyro tonight as we start right with the bagpipes and Piper's Pit. Uh, Piper says his guest tonight is truly special. He says he knows his guest is special because he pulled his leg off a few weeks ago. Piper introduces Zach Gowen as his guest tonight, but instead of Zach, Vince McMahon comes down to the ring. Vince promised to make a change for the better last week. And he's going to start on that promise right now. Uh, Vince, he introduces Zach, who comes out in Mr. America. Uh, he says he'll offer Zach something he's wanted, and that's a chance to become a WWE superstar. Next week in Orlando, Vince will take Zach on in an arm wrestling contest. And if Zach wins, he will get a contract. Um, O'Hare, he gets in Mr. America's face, and that distracts Zach long enough for Vince to push Zach backwards and trip him over Roddy Piper. Uh, the three heels scatter out as Mr. America helps Zach up to his feet. We get a Kurt Angle classic video. Uh, we're hyping his return heavy tonight. Uh, and this one, it shows Angle um, giving the WCW, ECW Alliance a milk bath uh, from the Invasion storyline. 
Up next, it is Chuck Palumbo with Nunzio and Stamboli in his corner versus The Undertaker. Uh, the Undertaker hits Snake Eyes in the corner but misses the big boot. Uh, Palumbo, he tries a scoop slam but Taker fights out and delivers a choke slam for the victory. Uh, after the match though, Stamboli and Nunzio run in and the FBI triple team The Undertaker until he fights back, uh, sending Palumbo and Stamboli to the outside and almost delivering a last ride to Nunzio but it was broken up when Palumbo hits the jungle kick onto Taker. Uh, Palumbo and Stamboli then held The Undertaker while Nunzio got a chair but Taker, he kicked into Nunzio's face and fought his way free. Um, so, it, oh, Undertaker needs to get away from his FBI nonsense. He really does. And we get last week's main event finishes shown uh, when Colin Taz announced Brock Lesnar and Big Show will go head-to-head -head next week for the WWE Championship. Get in. Um, we get a classy Freddie Blassie tribute video um, that's shown. As we go to our next match, is the Basham Brothers uh, facing off against your tag team champions, Tajiri and Eddie Guerrero. Um, so not bad for the Bashams. They start off against uh, Spanky and Rikishi. And now let's see how good you are against the champs. Uh, Eddie and Tajiri, they come out riding in style once again with another low-riding caddy. Uh, Tajiri especially looked good tonight hitting all these classic spots. Uh, the brothers, um, we didn't really get much of a reaction again. And they didn't get too much offence in this time around either. And then Tajiri hits a big kick to the face of the one that took the frog splash for the win. Uh, Cole and Taz played it off like the Bashams hung tough, but they didn't really get enough offensive really for this week, and it uh, kind of made them look a bit more like jobbers this week, where they looked a bit more strong last week. We get another Kurt Angle moment, and this is the uh, Jimmy Crack Corn moment with Austin with the guitars. And the music hits, and he is back. The Yusuk chants are in full force. Uh, Angle gets on the mic and says he never thought he would say this, but he wants his music to be played again because he missed hearing the You Suck chants. His music plays again and we get some You Suck chants again. Um, we get a few what chants after I, um, everything that Angle says. But Angle says he misses that too. Uh, so after every pause from Angle, there would be a what chant in the arena. Uh, Angle says that though he thought he would never wrestle again. Um, while he was in the hospital, there was, not, there was one man who visited him and one man who kept calling him to see how he was. Uh, Angle, he started to call that man out when Big Show's music hit and he walks out. Big Show gets on the mic and says that even though the crowd appreciates Angle being back, the Big Show doesn't give a damn that Angle's back. Big Show backs Angle into the corner and says now isn't the time to want a title shot because he'll be taking the belt away from Brock Lesnar next week and Angle won't even get a chance to face him for the belt. Um, Angle, he reaches into his pocket and asks Big Show if he's ever heard of breath mints or breath strips, I believe the line was. Angle, he stands on a second turnbuckle, calls Big Show an overgrown son of a bitch and says the last time he faced Big Show, he beat his ass for the title. And then he says he's always wanted to do this. And he says, if you want to see Kurt Angle open up a kind of whoop-ass on a Big Show tonight, give me a you suck. And the crowd all together, it was unison, you suck. Absolutely brilliant moment. Listen to me, you big overgrown son of a bitch. Last time we fought, I whooped your ass for the WWE title. So if you want to try to intimidate me, remember this. I won an Olympic gold medal and wrestled in the WrestleMania main event with a broken freaking neck. So excuse me if I don't do poopy in my pants right now. Kurt, do you realize how easily I could snap oh, your... Whoa, 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 hold on a second. I always wanted to do this. With all due respect to Stone Cold Steve Austin, 
If you want to see Kurt Angle open up a can of whoop ass on the big show tonight, give me a you suck! Uh-oh. Oh, boy. Wait a minute. Oh, man. Big show. Well, here comes the pain. Well, the next chapter in this rivalry between Lester and the Big Show may be written tonight. Next week, Lester and the Big Show meet for the title on SmackDown. Explosive ingredients here, Cole. Lesnar and Big Show may not wait for next week. Oh, look at Big Show. Oh, Big Show. Big Show gonna wait well, until next week. Well, he's got a shot next week. That's smart. I don't disagree with that at all. You know, you do. You gotta pick your spots, Cole. Timing's everything. Not now. Not now. Not now. Brock walks down and Big Show, we slowly build out the ring uh, with all eyes glaring on each other. Uh, Brock, though, he turns and glares at Angle, who tells him to, tells him to go easy. Uh, Angle says he didn't need Brock's help with the Big Show, but he says that Brock has been having a lot of trouble with the show, and after next week, he may have to go off the show to be champion once more. Kurt says he wants to thank Brock for all the calls and concerns he had uh, and his family while Angle, um, while Angle was in the hospital. Uh, the two shake hands, reach other's hands, so we are on course for full-on, full-on Kurt Angle face mode. What is going to happen with Team Angle? Because they're bad guys. Another promo for Ultimate Dragon is coming soon and that leads us to our next match. It is John Cena versus Benoit. Uh, the finish comes, Benoit goes up to the top. It's the flying head, but for two. Uh, Benoit starts with the rolling Germans, but the ref gets bumped. Uh, Cena Mule kicks out and grabs his chain. Rhino though runs in, steals the chain, but accidentally hits Benoit by mistake to give Cena the cheap win. So more dissension. We had this a few weeks ago with dissension with Rhino and Benoit. And we're getting it again, it seems. Um, but yeah, another victory for John Cena. Choppy one it, I suppose, but another victory for Cena in his uh, quest to rise up SmackDown's mid-card. And up next, it is a mixed tag team match. Thank fuck it's not Taz. It's Rikishi and Tori Wilson versus Jamie Noble and Lydia. Uh, Tori's outfit's nice and short, uh, as to be expected. Uh, Noble gets right into Rikishi, but gets taken out. Nidia then goes right into the face of Rikishi. Rikishi just pushes her down, and Tori starts things off. The two eventually tag the guys in, and we go to work from there with Rikishi getting the upper hand. Rikishi throws Jamie into the corner, hitting Nidia, who falls down into the corner as she knocks Noble out of the ring. Rikishi then turns around and says it's time to back that ass up, and Nidia gets the stink face. Tori then delivers a swinging neckbreaker to Nidia for the victory. Uh, yeah, it's just typical SmackDown mid-card mixed tag bollocks, all that was. Uh, we get a tail of the tape, uh, similar to one they showed for Brock and Cena a few weeks ago, but this is for Matt and Ray. Uh, so uh, Matt and Ray possibly going to main event SmackDown, which would be pretty cool. Uh, Ray is getting interviewed backstage uh, by Josh Matthews. He talks about how he's ready for the title match now, and it's not about his groin injury anymore. Eddie Guerrero shows up and turns, uh, tells Ray he better not even think about coming back to a locker room without the gold. Steph McMahon is shown walking to her office, as Vince is just seen coming out of it. Uh, Steph says if Vince doesn't give Zack a contract, then she will. 
Vince says if she does give him a contract, then she's fired. Uh, Vince says Stephanie needs an assistant, and he found that person. Vince tells Steph to follow him into the office so he can she can meet her new assistant. Uh, Vince introduces Stephanie to Sable, who is now the new assistant to the GM. Steph reminds everybody what we all thought about way back when. Uh, didn't Stable... Didn't Sable file a lawsuit against the company for sexual harassment a few years back? But Vince says the past is the past and this is now. Vince leaves and Sable gets up from her desk and just stares at McMahon. And it is time for our main event. It is the Cruiserweight Championship. It is Rey Mysterio versus Matt Hardy. Uh, the match was awesome. Um, really back and forth. Uh, Crash and Shannon, they were rejected early by the referee when he caught them attacking Rey. Um, I, I always thought the outside interference was not a Mac DQ and the champion retained his title, but I'm probably just nitpicking. Uh, Ray hits his own twist of fate on Matt for a two count, but Matt comes back with a side effect from the top rope for a big long two count. Mysterio finally hits the 619, but Matt caught the West Coast pop. Matt grabbed the title and distracted the ref while the two MFers ran down and hit a double suplex on Ray from behind. Matt then hit a leg drop from the top rope for another two. Uh, Matt went for the twist of fate when Mysterio rolled him up and got the three count. So your new Cruiserweight champion finally, finally, finally is Rey Mysterio. He celebrates in the ring and then brings his son into the ring and holds him up with a title. Uh, Cole and Taz, they really play off it like a massive deal. Um, like I said, I love the fact that they let these little guys, I want to say little guys, <laughs> my little, uh, but I love the fact that they let the Cruiserweight's main event of the show. Absolutely outstanding. Um, half of me is good, like I said, because I, do, I don't want to see Matt Hardy lose. I love the character, but half of me um, is so happy because he's done naffle with the title. But yeah, overall, that was not a bad episode of SmackDown, and so far SmackDown are whopping, whopping raw in these episodes. We're getting 100% better matches. Um, that didn't feel so Mr. America heavy this week, but obviously next week we've got arm wrestling and shizzles to come. But anyway, on to the last episode of Raw before Bad Blood. He ain't moving too quick. Mysterio get in. Mysterio back in. Back in and look at Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy just grabbed the cruiserweight title. Matt Hardy's got the gold in his hand. Hey, look at this. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Crash and Shannon are back out here. Damn it. Mysterio. Planted Mysterio. The referee's in a tug of war with Matt Hardy with the gold. And now Crash and Shannon make the getaway. The referee didn't see any of it. And Matt Hardy is going to steal the damn... He's going to steal this match. Matt Hardy's going to keep his championship top rope. Matt Hardy version one. What the light Frustration is boiling now. Crash and Shannon took Mysterio out. Matt Hardy with a leg drop off the top rope, but he still couldn't put Mysterio oh, away. Matt Hardy is beside himself right now. Game plan backfired. Going for the twist of fate. Look at Mysterio. Here's the cover. Shoulders down. Oh, no. He got it. He got it. Mysterio with the title. Mysterio with the Cruiserweight title. Here is your winner and the new Cruiserweight champion. Ray Mysterio had to battle Shannon and Crash along with Matt Hardy. Ray Mysterio had to 
Live from Miami, Florida is the final step before Bad Blood. It's the go home show, as always. Jay on the King. Our opening match is Goldberg versus Rosie. Uh, Jericho interrupts before the match can begin. We get a lock up to start. Uh, they battle over a shoulder block, but Goldberg he just knocks down Rosie with a forearm and gets one of those almost clears the kneecaps drop kicks. Uh, Rosie gets a Samoan drop and a corner splash, but Goldberg comes back with kicks and a clothesline that puts Rosie on the floor. Jericho runs in with a chair, but Rosie attacks Goldberg to allow him to escape. Speared Jackhammer, goodbye, around two and a half minutes. Um, he sold quite a lot for Rosie, to be fair. Um, so maybe we're going to get Rose, this push from Rosie. We said a couple of weeks ago, what's going to happen with three minute warning? There's no Rico no more. And Jericho's done it all to Goldberg in the last few weeks. He's Mason. Goldberg has Jericho. Oh, the big Samoan drop. That could be it right there. Hey, and don't forget. Jericho actually speared Goldberg. He threw paint all over Goldberg's uh, classic Barracuda. And you know what? He got away with it all. Look at this. And we saw what happened to last week to the referee, thanks to Jericho. And Jericho's got away with every bit of this That's stuff. That's what I said. That's why I said Goldberg got a little bit of egg on his face. Oh, he got 400 pounds worth of Rosie on his body. Big Rosie, the full head of steam, Smash taking Goldberg down Smash to one up. knee. You know, it could be that just, oh, oh. speaking of knees, it could be that Jericho just has Goldberg a number. Right hand blocked by Goldberg, and now Goldberg with those kicks. Goldberg, an aficionado of the mixed martial arts. Whoa! Oh, something mixed about that, a hard clothesline. Taking a 400-pound man. That is awesome velocity. Look at it, look at it. Jericho. Ever the opportunity, must be in care. And Jericho tried a cheap shot. He tried the cheap shot. Oh, no. Oh, look, it's coming. You better get out of there, Jericho. From behind came Rosie Jericho. Yeah, Jericho Rosie, what was coming. Here come Rosie. Jericho dodges perhaps another bullet here. Oh, oh, spear. oh my God! A huge spear on Rosie by, by Goldberg. And now maybe Goldberg's going to send another message to Chris Jericho. What more has he got to do? He's already broke the guy's ribs. It's all about this Sunday at Bad Blood. Oh no, no way. Oh my God, there's. You think the Goldberg can... This is over 400 pounds. This is... Oh, attack hammer. Oh, attack hammer. On a 400 pounder. Can you imagine what Goldberg could do to, to Jericho this Sunday? Up next, it was Rob Van Dam versus Rene Dupree. Uh, Van Damme hits the rolling thunder uh, to set up the frog splash, but a roll-up finish instead at three minutes. We get heel beat down at the end of the match, but Kane, he doesn't make the save. Hmm, intrigue. Uh, meanwhile, Austin and Eric, they mull over a wheel uh, that will be spun for the redneck triathlon. Um, our first event comes up as pie-eating, uh, but not baked goods, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, hello. I mean, look at it. Yeah, look at it. What is it? It's the wheel. Look, we got the redneck triathlon, right? we got to come up with three events. We've been talking about your ideas, my ideas, so I... I figured I'll just put all of our ideas on the board. You did this all by yourself, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, absolutely. Me. Well, I took your ideas, but that's okay. And I figured at the pay-per-view, 
We'll spin the wheel three times. Whatever comes up, luck of the draw, that's what we'll do. Like Wheel of Fortune, I get to spin a wheel and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, look at it. It's got bull riding, pig pen fun. I bet you did a lot of that in Texas when you were going up. Monster truck rally, cow tipping, you name it. All that redneck stuff you guys do in Texas. All right, well, get out of the way and I'll spin it. No, 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 please, please. Allow me. You want to go first? I've had... It's always about Eric Bishop, ain't it? No, it's not. This is all for fun. Come on. All right, since it's Stone Coast Steve Austin presents Bed Blood, go ahead and spin a wheel. Oh, great. Just watch this now. Well, this is going to be the redneck triathlon. Beer chugging. Three events. Roadkill bake-off. Pie-eating. Pie-eating it is. How about that? Strawberry pie, blueberry pie, chocolate pie. We get all kinds of pies. It'll be great. How much pie do you think you can eat? I can eat a lot of pie. You eat a lot of pie? I can eat a lot of pie. You don't get it, do you? What, what do you mean I don't get it? Let me think about it. Think about strawberry pie, apple pie, blueberry pie. No, you don't, you don't get how stupid, are you? You ever listen to The Rock when he's talking about eating pie? It's not cherry pie, it's not strawberry pie, it's not pecan pie, it's not pumpkin pie. It's just poontang pie. You, you, you know, poontang pie? <laughs> Are you kidding me? I mean, you do like poontang pie, I assume? I mean, because if you don't, we're, we're in trouble. Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, if you're in. Well, I'm in. I mean, you satisfy a uh, lady friend, right? Oh, more than one if I have to. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I like to hear. So you're in. I'm in. That's event one. That's event one. We come backstage to RVD, he's pissed off at Kane. Uh, we're getting more dissension that's teased, but it does feel like they've, they've teased dissension in Kane RVD for ages. Um, up next to that Divas match of the night, Trish Stratus and Ivory versus Victoria and Jazz. Um, so it's now the same match that we've been watching for months. Last week it was 3-on-3, three three, now it's 2-on-2. Two two. Ivory cradles Jazz for the win in around five minutes. So it seems like Ivory's the one that they're pushing out of all this, which is very bizarre. Up next, it's a bit more WCW as Scott Steiner versus Lance Storm. Uh, Lance doesn't get the entrance, uh, but just like the first match, the heel comes out to observe. Storm attacks from the start but gets chopped. Uh, Storm slams him and gets a two. We get a chin lock and Steiner gets his elbows dropping. But Tess runs down to the ringside to cost Stacy. Uh, this gives Storm the chance to get a springboard clothesline for two, but the Steiner gets his finish for around two minutes. But Tess comes down and lays him out as we were f everyone expected. Stacy, she tries to save Steiner uh, from the big Canadian badass test, so he gets all conflicted and then promises to make Stacy his whore at the pay-per-view, uh, which is quite nice. Uh, nothing like writing domestic abuse into a storyline for all the kids watching, I suppose. Uh, Stone Cold then brings out Mick Foley as the guest ref for the pay-per-view, as expected. Um, he cuts his interview from inside the cell. He talks about how he's still being faithful for the WWE, but let's face it, um, he's probably just here to sell something. Possibly a book. I imagine Mick Foley's probably got another book out. He talks about being thrown off the cage in 98 and being part of history. Um, I'd pay good money to see I have a Triple H on. Let's try that bump. That'd be amazing. Um, not sure what the speech has to do with basically with anything with what we're going to see at the pay-per-view. Um, it was kind of more like I keep saying, we're getting more build-up for Nash and Triple H without actually any build-up involving Nash or Triple H. Um, last few weeks, he's just been Nash ending up on Raw at, at the end of Raw um, and Triple H involved with Flair, Michaels, other people. Triple H interrupts uh, and points out that none of this is any of Mick's business because he's just an ordinary guy now. Uh, Triple H plays that I retired you card, but um, it'd be more effective if Mick hadn't come back for WrestleMania 2000, to be fair. I always said that back then. Um, it made his retirement just, just ruined straight away. Uh, in what was an epic match. I always remember that No Way Out match with him and Triple H. Um, they banter back and forth, but neither really guy has anything really 
important to say. Uh, Triple H gives Mick an hour to back out or else. Um, next up, it's Randy Orton versus The Hurricane. Um, Orton now has Ric Flair in his corner. The Hurricane brings Shawn Michaels with him then. Um, a Shining Wizard gets two as Flair saves. Um, Flair and Michaels brawl, which ends for, which ends quite bad for Shawn, to be fair. But Orton finishes with his new diamond cutter, uh, which is obviously we all know and love as the RKO um, out of fucking nowhere, always. Or the Ace Crusher, if you want to call it, depending on which retired guy backstage taught him the move, I suppose. Um, it was a good call and a finisher. I think it ought, and he does need that. He needs that instant finish. He can hit out of nowhere. <laughs> no pun intended. Um, but and obviously DDP doesn't use it anymore. So it's uh, yeah, all, all well and good. Love the new finisher. Love the new finisher. Jerry Lawler he also spin a Rooney contest between Booker T and Christian. Um, so we've got an arm wrestling contest on SmackDown Slug Forward Two, and here's a spin a Rooney contest. At least, like, back in the day when we had Steiner and Triple H, we had weightlifting and at least athletic events. Uh, oh, well, it's just raw. Uh, three guesses what happened. Go on, I guess, yeah. Go on, go on, guess. I'd kind of like to see that myself right here. All right. I'll give it a try. King of Rooney. All right, King. Give it your best shot. He needs some music. Are you kidding me? That was brutal. You look like Shemp from the Three Stooges. I don't think that would have been Curly Christian, but... Look, you want to see some true talent? You're gonna right now, baby. But what I gotta know first is... Who ordered the pizza with extra peep? A-Rooney, hit the music! Extra deep rooney Well, here's the Intercontinental Champion. Oh, Lord. Well, that's uh, better than I thought it was going to be, quite frankly. I'm dead. <laughs> the Intercontinental Champions version of the You know what? That was pathetic. Let me show everybody in here the one and only original Spin Haruni. Now hit my music. Well, I don't think anybody does it like Booker T. And, hey, wait a minute. Oh, Christian tried a cheap shot. And Booker T saw it coming, and now Booker T hammering away at Christian. And Christian getting the heck out of the ring. Christian, this was a setup all along, folks. Yo, listen up. You can run, but you can't hide. Because come Sunday in H-Town, my hometown, I will become the new Intercontinental Champion. Now, kid, you dig that sucker? certainly will. Booker T is going home as the Intercontinental Champion makes his exit and Booker T has a golden opportunity. Up next is Devon Dudley versus Rodney Mack. Uh, Ted Longy hate arises and accuses Devon of being brown not black. The match finish uh, when Nowinski distracts Devon and Mack gets the side slam for two. Uh, Devon gets a curtain call or whatever he was calling it when he was the preacher. 
But long distracts the ref and the Dudley 3D Mac. He absolutely no-sells it, however. Catches the Cobra Sleeper for the submission in around four minutes, which was a really bad match. Um, and at the pay-per-view, it's going to be Mac and Nowinski versus the Dudleys. Brilliant. Said this for a while, the tag team division on Raw is fucked. It's in a, a shocking, terrible state. Um, then we get uh, Jericho, he's laying out Goldberg with a chair, but Goldberg, typical Goldberg, just shrugs it off. Um, then we see Austin, he's chatting with Foley. Uh, he says he may be a little bit afraid, but Austin wants none of that fear stuff. What's wrong with you? I bring you in to be the special ref for the Hell in a Cell yeah. match between Kevin Nash and Triple H. Triple H goes out there and I look at you and you look intimidated. You know something, Steve? No, 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 you, you ain't gonna say nothing yet. I'm not through talking. Are you afraid? You know something, Steve? Maybe I am afraid. Maybe I'm a little bit afraid. Why? Why the hell would Mick Foley be afraid? Aren't you the same Mick Foley that I know? The same Mick Foley that every time I got in the ring with you, you took me to hell and back? The craziest son of a bitch I ever been in the ring with, and you're gonna tell me you might be afraid? I ain't buying that, man. I ain't buying that from you because I expect way more than that from you. I might be a little embarrassed right now that I did call you. And I don't wanna say this, but you're kinda making me sick. So you've got two minutes, man. Because Triple H is going to go to that ring and he's going to call you out. Did he intimidate you or did he not? But you're forced to make a decision, man. Are you going to be the referee in that Hell in the Cell match? That's up to you. And then it's time. It's the go home show. It's the main event segment. It's the, let's not have a match. No, let's have an interview. Uh, the cell lowers again. Triple H calls out Foley. He decides to ref the match, and furthermore, since Triple H is going to kick his ass anyway, he opts to attack and beat the snot out of Champ. Triple H extends him into the stairs, takes him back into the ring, lays him out with another shot. Foley, though, he won't stay down, so Triple H pedigrees him on a chair. Mick still won't stay down, so Evolution does a beatdown until Big Sexy makes the save. Uh, he makes his appearance on the show. Um, I was actually beginning to wonder if he was ever going to appear on the fucking go-home show. Um, yeah, and makes the save to end the yeah, last episode of Raw towards Bad Blood. Uh, Nash, to me, absolutely dead as a main eventer. Uh, even though the WWE must know this by now, considering his total non-appearance on the on the go-home show. Um, bringing Foley as a referee for me, could it be to up the buy rates? Um, is it because people are not seeing... Well, as we've seen on Raw, on the, the whole month's Raw, people don't seem to be buying into the Nash and Triple H feud. Maybe they did a couple of months ago, but has it just gone a bit stale? I don't know. But for me, like the, the Triple H and Foley stuff made me more interested to see um, another Triple H and Foley match, not Bad Blood, like it keeps happening every single week. But, so that was then the last, obviously, Raw of Bad Blood. We've got one more step to go till we get to our next pay-per-view, and that is the final SmackDown in this horrendously poor series of uh, weekly TV tapings. And that terrifies me, Triple H, because I don't know when it's coming. I won't know how it's coming. So you might beat me up in the parking lot tonight on the way to my car. You might beat me up in my motel room tonight when I'm all alone. Or Triple H, you might come to my house and kick my ass in front of my kids. And yeah, that makes me very afraid, Triple H, because I'm afraid if you were to do that, if you were to give me that ass kicking of monumental proportions, that we would be denying WWE fans around the world 
a chance to see you and me one more time. What's he saying? So I've made my decision, Triple H. I'm going to take an ass kicking, but I'm going to take it right here in Miami, Florida. Is he gonna, what the hell? Is he a crazy? Nick Foley is here. He's going crazy. after Triple H. And Triple H with the right hands on Nick Foley. The special referee, Nick Foley, showing the respect with no fear. Look at this. And Nick Foley fighting back. Nick Foley fighting back. Nick Foley may go a little cactus jack on Triple H's ass here. Oh, my God. Nick Foley. I don't think this is what Triple H had in mind. Oh, look at this. Bang, bang. It's an ass kicking the monumental before the Respect to Triple H for what Triple H has done, but no fear. And another right hand by Nick Foley inside this hell of a cell. Do you know how long, how long Mick Foley has waited for this chance of redemption to get back into hell in a cell with, with Triple H? Over three years. Oh, God. My God in heaven. Mick Foley just collided. Knees and torso first. And those steps that did not move. The steps that did not move. This is sick. Listen, listen. That's a human anatomy striking steel, and the steel won. That that was like a a car wreck. Foley thrown back to the inside. This is another match. This is a confrontation. Oh no, no. Oh my God, no! Triple H just got that steel chair. No, on the spine, right on the spine of Nick Foley. Triple H will break this man's back if he can. Go! Jesus almighty! Right between the eyes of Nick Foley. Right between the eyes. And look at Nick Foley's face. Look at the glaze look in his eyes. You should have gone back to your normal little life, your normal little wife, and your normal little children. But he didn't. Now look at him. He didn't. He showed the courage to confront Triple H. And now look at what's happened. So we're finally here, then it's time for the final step before Bad Blood. It is the final SmackDown. Uh, we are taped from Orlando, Florida. Your host always, our Cole Antas. Uh, Cruiserweight title match opens the show, Rey Mysterio versus Matt Hardy. So from main event to opener. But we've got no MFS at ringside tonight because Matt's got to show some tough love. Uh, Matt Fax is far too handsome to wear a mask. Ray gets the victory of a sloppy Rana around four and a half minutes. Uh, it was a bit of a rush match, but it was a good fast pace opener for SmackDown. It's what SmackDown is always good for. They're always good for an opening match. Um, Piper's Pit, it goes international tonight as our guests are Tajiri and Eddie, and a table full of sombreros and liquor. Uh, Eddie is wary of the load of burrito gimmick, but he still has respect for Piper. Uh, Tajiri enjoys some sushi, but Sean O'Hare takes the belts in trade. Uh, things look to get a bit heated, but Piper offers some tequila to smooth things over. Tajiri, he spits it in his face and they take the belts back. Uh, if the tag division is so thin that they've got to use Piper and O'Hare as the next challengers, is it not time to start elevating, guys? Hello, Basham brothers. Come on. How about give them a proper character? We had this conversation last week. Um, elsewhere, Steph and Sable, they talk about bringing back the US title. Um, and squabble over Sable's appointment um, as assistant. Uh, this feud really does nothing for me. Billy Gunn is back! hey Finally, it has been a while. It is the return. It's the month of returns. Uh, It's A-Train versus Billy Gunn. Uh, Tori is special guest ring announcer, and she hits on Billy with about as much enthusiasm as Billy Gunn's promos. Uh, Billy, he ducks a couple of charges to start and gets a clothesline, but A-Train retaliates with a bicycle kick. 
He walks into the uh, fame asset and gets pinned in around a minute and a half. However, uh, Billy Gunn and Tori the Exchange spanks afterwards. Um, so, Billy got this returning minor star pop, um, but for me, it's great to see him. I've always been a big, big Billy Gunn mark. Uh, so, yeah, good for me to have him back. pounds, making his return to SmackDown, and in my opinion, has the best buns in the business, Billy Gunn. Billy Gunn, he's back, he's back. Oh man, I love Billy Gunn. Man, he looks great. Billy missed eight months of action with a rotator cuff surgery, but you hit the nail on the head. He looks phenomenal! Ah, and he does! What condition! Really? God, he's still as crazy back himself! He's the ultimate showman, isn't he? Boy, he wasn't just one bias for us, I'll point that out. And she's sitting right next to us. She's not really next to us. Closer to me, actually. She's closer to Chimmel, which is dangerous. But look at Billy Gunn! Well, Billy Gunn, a run of test two in his return match here to SmackDown. Billy Gunn to take on the 350-pound A-Train. Rory's all smiles about it. Well, the A-Train smile. A-Train ain't smiled in years. A-Train with a big right hand to Billy Gunn. Billy Gunn, what a red resume, ladies and gentlemen. If you're not familiar with him, former Intercontinental Champion, King of the Ring, Hardcore Champion, and a 10-time Tag Team Champion. Oh, look at Billy Gunn! Oh, what an elbow! From the A-Train as Tori looks on. Holy lollipop. A-Train measuring Billy Gunn. Oh, oh, man. oh, oh wow. <laughs> Billy Gunn, what a close one. And Billy Gunn's starting to build momentum. Billy's picking up the pace right now. Billy Gunn's got A-Train on the ropes here. A-Train whipped into the corner. Billy Gunn, the 265-pounder collides with the A-Train. Signaling for what the A train is called. Billy Gunn to his feet. Billy, Gun yes. Billy Gunn's gonna be down and out. Oh. Shot to the midsection by Billy Gunn. Off the rope. Heads up, heads up. Famous attacks. Here's the cover. Hook to the left. Get it. Billy Gunn is back.
Some guys got all the luck. Yeah, you saw it. Well, I don't see you prancing out of the arena with that diva. Well, because I'm trying to do a show out here. Billy and Tori looking hot. Big win for Billy Gunn. Still the Up next, it's Undertaker versus Johnny Stamboli. Uh, Taker pounds him in the corner to start and goes for the power bomb, but the FBI distract him and Johnny drop kicks him into a two-on-one situation outside. Um, Taker beats on the FBI single-handedly. He pauses for a breath and gets drop kicked by the bull, who then slingshots back with a leg drop for two. Delayed suplex gets two. He goes up and misses a flying leg drop, but then Taker comes back, hits the last ride in around three and a half minutes for the victory. Um, he tries the same on Palumbo, but Nunzio saves with a chair shot. Um, so it, it looked like the other payoff is going to be Nunzio and Undertaker. I don't know. Undertaker's fucking stuck at the minute. Um, but if Undertaker's willing to sell the submission stuff, it could work, I suppose. Um, they've hardly really touched on Nunzio's background, um, so it might make sense to try and push Nunzio a bit if you can have a good match with Taker. Oh, you never know. Stephanie, she comes out to host her arm wrestling contest, but Sable interrupts her before she can make the introductions. Steph cuts her off and brings out Gowan and Hogan, and finally Vince McMahon. So, Hogan, he challenges Vince first and he bulks, but Sable advises him and he changes his mind. But there's stipulations, because obviously every arm wrestling match has got to be booked to the sky. Um, it's not for Gowan's contract, but if Hogan loses, he leaves. Um, so they go, and Vince makes his goofy faces while Hogan no-sells, until Sable accuses Hogan of cheating, and Stephanie threatens a DQ. So they go again, but this time Sable flashes Hogan, and Vince wins. So Hogan and Stephanie leave, uh, leaving Vince man-on-boy with Gowan. Uh, Vincent is basically squashing him before he comes back, but Vince kicks the leg out from under his leg and wins. So Vince is a bit of a bad person, and Zack still doesn't have a job. Hell, I'll even take you with my bad arm. Come on. This is only about your dreams coming true. You're not getting nervous, are you? Huh? All right, come on. All right. Let's go. Come on. Watch him, Watch him, Prosthetic leg call. I was. Well, uh, I'd like to say. I'd like to say good try. I'd like to, but. I guess maybe, Zach, you. You didn't quite make it. I wonder what you're thinking right about now. So, uh, 
You gonna cry, Jack? You gonna cry? Just cause your dreams went up in smoke, Jack? You gonna cry, Jack? Get out of my ring! Get! Get the hell out of my ring! You don't deserve to be in my ring! You never deserve to be in my ring! I need athletes in here! Not some freak! Now get the hell out of here! have gone up in smoke. All right, now hit my music. Mr. McMahon, I, I can't believe I saw it. Mr. McMahon just kicked Zach Gowan in his prosthetic leg. This aspiring one-legged wrestler is not going to live his dream. And now Mr. McMahon is just mocking the kid. I don't, I don't think that that bothers the kid as much as the fact that Jack Gowan's dream has been shattered. He's not getting a WWE contract. Miss McMahon is cocky and pompous and proud about it. Zach Gowan had him defeated. Zach Gowan had that arm wrestling challenge won, and Mr. McMahon kicked him in that prosthetic leg. Yeah, a very weird segment. The line detector last week was quite funny. This was very, very weird and very odd. Um, Vince gets the ironic line of the night, though, where he declares that he wants athletes, not some freak. So people like The Big Show, Nathan Jones. <laughs> <don't>... <laughs> Up next is Chris Benoit and Rhino versus the Basham Brothers. Uh, they now got Linda Miles from the Tough Enough series with her as Shaniqua. Um, so, yes, they're getting the Basham Brothers. They're getting what I asked for. They're getting some characters. Benoit hits Doug with a German suplex and goes up, but Shaniqua distracts him long enough to miss the headbutt. He comes right back though with the crossface, but Danny saves and Rhino accidentally pushes Benoit to give the Bashams a win in three and a half minutes. Uh, Shaniqua does nothing really to help the team. That fluke win really does nothing to help him get over. This is all about Benoit losing and Rhino helping him lose. So obviously the payoff is going to be Benoit versus Rhino, which we called fucking months ago. Rhino then he tries to apologise, but Benoit's intense and all pissed off and not having none of it. Um, to be fair, that's the Benoit that I want. I don't want Benoit to have friends. He's a silent killer, Benoit. Um, so, yeah, we, he doesn't need to be with pals. Up next to John Cena versus Fanaki. Uh, Cena's rap's brilliant tonight, but the rap lasts longer than the match. Um, he busts on Michael Cole's secret love of boy bands. Uh, Fanaki has a go at rhyming back, but his rhymes aren't great. Cena attacks the star, but runs into a boot. He blocks the tornado DDT and pounds away to set up the FU at around, not even a minute, about half, 40 seconds or so. Um... Fans are really into Cena, yeah, again. So I can, I'm still all down for this Cena. He just needs some. He needs after get, but get um, vengeance out of the way because I don't know where Cena's going to go with vengeance. But after that, let's get a clear path for Cena. Maybe this US title they're talking about. Let's let's get some focus with Cena. Wow, that's heavy, man. So, what life? What life? Following contest is scheduled for one fall. Approaching the ring for West Newbury, Massachusetts. 
with more cork in his bat than Sammy Sosa. I'm too ghetto for merchandise, so kids make their own posters. Orlando fans are in the stands throwing up them double hands. After the show, Michael Cole's going to chase some boy bands. <laughs> That's nice, John. Hey, Taz, Taz, calm down your man. You got to tell him to slow down. He's got them weird posters of NSYNC, and he's falling in love with O-Town. <laughs> Funaki-san, reconsider. I'm more than you can handle, bro. I'll cut your two-tone mullet and kick you dead in the camel toe. <laughs> you, hey, you should go back to announcing. This whole match is a waste, man. I don't need to wrestle you. You're choking yourself with your waistband. <laughs> I ain't from Orlando, but I got the magic stick. That means I represent your city when I grab my... Shoelace. Yeah, well, Cena thinks your uh, knot's a little loose there, Shoelace. Bye, bye, bye. <laughs> that was great. What up, dog? <laughs> hold on, Prince. Hold on, Prince. Shh, shh, shh. U G L Y. You ain't got no alba. You got me. Yo, yo, you agree. <laughs> yo, yo, you agree. Yo, yo, you agree. What's all yo. we? What's, what is that? Ugly. Oh, he said, oh, we. Oh, we. What's all we? He's got an accent. <laughs> He's a robot. <laughs> uh, Kurt Angley comes out and he wants a word with Team Angle. They're sick of being in Kurt's shadow and blame Kurt for missing their title defense at the pay-per-view. Kurt then puts them in their places and wants to work out a plan for winning the titles back. Charlie points out that they both faced Lesnar in the past without breaking their necks. <laughs> uh, they accuse Kurt of being a losing out and gets upset when the fans chant you suck due to association with Kurt. Kurt says he takes pride in the fans chanting you suck because he earned it. So has and Benjamin vote themselves as new co-captains two votes to one. Uh, which leads to Kurt ejecting them both from the team and kicking virtual dirt onto their shoes. It was a great segment to be fair. Um, it was great promo work from everyone involved. It showcased, uh, for me, showcased Hassan Benjamin. I do enjoy them too. Um, and yeah, we're going to get, obviously, Kurt Angle now. He's, like I said last week, what's happening with Team Angle? There's your answer. Kurt's going to be super face and Team Angle, what? They can't call themselves Team Angle anymore. Just Hassan Benjamin for now on. Uh, obviously, they're going to carry on being heels. There you go.
Matthew. You guys have no idea how great it felt to come back last week. And as much as I was looking forward to coming back last week, I'm looking forward even more to the big matchup tonight between Brock Lesnar and The Big Show for the WWE Championship. Because last week, I issued a challenge to the winner of that match. So your Olympic hero, it's not gonna take too long for your Olympic hero to have championship gold around his waist once again. And tonight, I'm here to talk about some unfinished business. Shelton Benjamin, Charlie Haas, Team Angle, I want you to come out here right now. We need to talk. Well, this should be good. Well, last week, uh, Team Angle called it sick. They called it sick. I've never heard such a thing. And yeah. They called it sick on the day Kurt Angle returned to the WWE. Austin Benjamin, uh, kind of dejected. It looked like they go to the principal's office, if you know what I'm saying. Well, the fans chanting, you suck, need it, directed it. Team Angle. Well, you don't know that. How can you say that? How do you know? Well, you can feel it. This Kurt's a forgiving captain. It's good to see you guys. You know, guys, I understand why you didn't call me when I was in the hospital having surgery. They didn't call? I mean, you're athletes. World-class athletes. But what I don't get is last week in my big return, you guys were nowhere to be found. I mean, where the heck were you guys? You call in sick? We were sick, Kurt. We were sick. Both of them? Yeah, we were sick. We were a team, Paul. I mean, we're sick together, I guess. Sick of being in your shadow. Oh. We're supposed to be a team, Kurt. But all you can think about is yourself. I mean, it's because of you that we lost our titles in the first place. Where were you when we had to defend our titles in a ladder match? A ladder match, Kurt. Where were you when we come out here night after night after night fighting to keep your name alive? You weren't there for us, Kurt. You let us down. And everyone think that whoa, you- Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on a second. I think I'm sick too. Sick of hearing you guys go from world-class athletes to world-class whining little b**ks. Damn! Was I gone that long? You're supposed to be Team Angle. Team Angle. 
my team Wangle. <laughs> Come on, guys. You have a setback. You look for an opportunity and you get the job done. It's that simple. So what we need to do is we need to sit down and discuss our options and figure out how you're going to win the tag team titles back. All right, now let's go. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on, Kurt. You know, it seems that you've been doing a lot of talking lately. As a matter of fact, you're all talking, no action. Let's go back to WrestleMania 19. Brock Lesnar versus Kurt Angle for the WWE Championship. The outcome, you lost and you broke your neck. Shelton and I, we're victorious at WrestleMania 19. And hell, we both faced Brock Lesnar before, but we haven't broken our necks. Kurt, you taught us one thing as a team, that you're only as strong as your captain. Well, you're not our captain anymore. You're a loser. Whoa. We're tired of your speeches, we're tired of your advice, and we're tired of every one of these people chanting, you suck every time we walk out of here. You're tired of these people chanting, you suck? Let me tell you something, Charlie. You don't deserve to hear these people chant, you suck. Do you have any idea why these people chant, you suck to me every night? For one reason and one reason only. I earned it. <laughs> Four years in the WWE winning title after title. I earned that right. So if you want to break up Team Angle, that's fine whoa, whoa, with whoa, me. Whoa, 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 hold on. We're not talking about breaking up Team Angle, Kurt. Hell, Team Angle hasn't even begun to scrape the tip of the iceberg. We just feel that we need a change in leadership. So Shelton and I have come down here to vote ourselves as co-captains. Co-captains? You're still in, Team Angle. It's just now we're your leader. Well, as founder of Team Angle, I am the founder, right? And since I'm the founder, I'm the head of making decisions, right? For now. Well, on behalf of Team Angle, Charlie, you're out of here! You can't kick him out! Alright, you're out of here! Oh man! You're both out of here! Help! He's kicking the dirt on
just fired Team Angle. Well, they Haas and Benjamin pushed Kurt Angle too far, and Kurt Angle said, Hasta la vista, kiss my ass while you're at it. Well, one thing is for sure, Kurt Angle's no loser, like Shelton Benjamin and Charlie Haas claim. Yeah, and he earned those new sunshades too, Cole. Well, ladies and gentlemen, coming up in moments, Brock Lesnar. Uh, the finish comes, uh, Big Show is whipping Brock around, uh, Brock slugs back down and gets half-speed German suplex, but he can't get the F5 because Big Show's just too big. Uh, show clones lads him, but Brock escapes the choke slam, only to walk into a big boot and a leg drop. Another choke slam though, this time hits and he gets a two. Another choke slam, but this time he goes up to the top while trying it. No idea what he was supposed to be trying to attempt here. Brock fights him off and suplexes him, and POOF! The ring collapses. Um, you know what was going to happen with those two big bastards up on the top rope. Um, it's a proper sports entertainment finish for around eight and a half minutes. Um, I thought that was fucking amazing. From the replay, though, it looked like the ring posts were disconnected from the floor. Kind of like pulled away, um, allowing the uh, ring post to collapse, the ring to collapse. It was absolutely neat visual. And that's how you finish a show. I'm all over that. Massive holy shit spot. There was loads of holy shit chance. It was a great way to end SmackDown. Um, that'd get me hyped if the pay-per-view was round the corner, was the highlighted, let's say it was a SmackDown pay-per-view and it was Brock Lesnar versus The Big Show. Um, that was the spot to lead to the pay-per-view. But, hey-ho. But that then was another look at Raw and SmackDowns as the bounce to bad blood is over. Uh, so let's take a look then at the card for our next pay-per-view. Presented by the alcoholic redneck and everyone's favourite uncle, it's Bad Blood by Raw. Uh, so the card is as follows, as, as we know, world title, main event, Hell in the Cell, it is Triple H versus Kevin Nash. Also on the card, we've got the redneck triathlon, we've got Michaels and Flair, Goldberg against Jericho, uh, the bell ends in shit certs, La Resistance going up against Kane and Rob Van Damme for the Raw tag titles, Booker and Christian for the IC title, Steiner and Test... And also, we've got Chris Nowinski and Rodney Mack with, against, going up against the Dudley Boys. That sounds like it's going to be one hell of a show. There'll be two more episodes for you guys. There's a, first up is a bonus episode where myself and Christian, we're going to take a look at the dirt sheets between Judgment Day and Bad Blood. So if you want to know why the ring collapsed, then jump along there. That'll be live very, very soon after this episode. And also, before we get to Bad Blood, our next pay-per-view, it's time to go to England, more specifically Newcastle, our pet, because it's time for Interaction 2003. But, as always, I have been Dave, this has been the Our Era Podcast, you can find us on Facebook, on Twitter, at Our Era Podcast, and don't forget our website for all our bonus material. But until our next episode, which will be, as I said, Interaction 2003, I've been Dave, this has been the Art Era Podcast. Until next time, peace out, people. Ruthless aggression. It's my life, my time, my rights, my rhymes, my grind, my struggle, hustle, sweat, and my blood, too. I'm ready to smell fear. I smell a lot. My competitors flex here. They smoked, I was hot. I want it all.